the results themselves, it's like it doesn't define us, but it's very important. And it's yeah, like if, everything if, goes into it. If, if you're wrapping up your identity in the results, there's a lot of things that go on that you have no control over that can sway the results big time. So if you're basing your identity off those results, it's like, yeah, it might go right, but there's only two options when you sign up for a competition. Either you're going to win or you're going to lose. And you need to be okay with both. And so it's like, like, I try to base my identity off of the effort that I put in. Um, You know, I hope that if I, you know, if the results aren't what I was looking for, I hope that I'm still able to hold my head high and be proud knowing that I did everything I could. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. In this episode, I share a conversation with four-time reigning fittest man on earth, Matt Fraser, and his fiance and the mastermind behind Feeding the Frasers, Sammy Moniz. Matt and Sammy were nice enough to welcome me into their home in Cookville, Tennessee, where they had also been hosting Eric Rosa, the new incoming owner and CEO of CrossFit for the weekend. We talked about just about everything from how they met, challenges they've overcome that have helped to shape how they live their lives today, their take on the recent changes in CrossFit and what they hope to see the organization and the sport do in the future, their new home in Vermont, and their vision for their lives five to 10 years from now. It was a long, but a really great conversation. I absolutely loved getting to know both Matt and Sammy better, and I hope you do too. Before we dive into the episode, we do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Now, let's get started with the episode. Welcome to Pursuing Health. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to our house. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited, obviously, with Matt Fraser and Sammy Moniz. And thank you guys for joining me and taking the time because I know you are busy, busy people. Thank you for adjusting the schedule a little bit today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I think we'll be free at 9.30. No, uh, actually, 12.30 will be better. Uh, One o'clock. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually how the days go. Um, So I met. We were just talking. I met Sammy years ago when you were working for Reebok and Matt. Our competition careers just barely overlapped. I think it was 2014 that you was your first year at the mm-hmm. games. That was my last year at the games. So we had, we just haven't had a lot of interactions. But I have to say, just preparing for this podcast and then like spending some time with you guys this weekend, I'm just, I'm really blown away at like who you are as people and how you conduct yourselves and (laughs) your stories are both like super interesting. So I'm really excited to dig into it, but I thought let's just start with like your lives right now, because it seems like you guys have built a really amazing life here and you're both, you love what you're doing. And that's very rare. I think for people who are like 30 years old to one, even know what they want, that's going to make them happy. And then two, to be able to live it. Mm -hmm. So can you just talk a little bit about like what your day-to-day life is like and why why you're loving it so much? Yeah, I mean, our day-to-day lives are 
pretty simple, I think, for the most part. You know, um, we we do sit down and realize kind of how lucky we are to be in the situation we're in. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, the harder we work, the luckier we get. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we're both thirty. We both work from home, and you know, we we've structured our lives to be what we want them to be, not what they have to be mm-hmm. to make ends meet or anything like that. So, you know, right now we're living in Cookville, Tennessee. Um, this will actually be our first year that we're here year round. Oh. Um, but you know, it, like just a lot of sitting down, like we have conversations all the time of where do we want to be next year? Where do we want to be in five years, mm-hmm. 10 years? Like, what do we want our lives to look like? And even if it's a goal for 20 years down the road, it's like, all right, what do we start doing today to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, something as simple as like Sammy starting feeding the Frasers mm-hmm. and making that transition. It's like she was working full-time job. I think when we met, you were working three jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know. <laughs> and she I was, paired back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it was, all right, well, what do you want to do? Um and I remember that conversation. She was like, well, I don't 100% know what I want to do, but I know it's not this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, well, let's start taking steps to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my life, it was, well, what do I want my story to be 10 years down the road? Mm-hmm. Let's break it down to day-to-day achievable steps and make that happen. Um, so, you know, we did that five years ago. We're still doing that today. Um, always working for a better tomorrow. Um, but I mean, so we both work from home. It's Sammy's in the kitchen cooking a ton and mm-hmm. doing her feeding the Frasers, you know, whether that's, um, you know, just cooking for the Instagram, cooking for a book, doing an ebook. Yeah. Website, newsletter, Pinterest. Taking oh, care of me. Pinterest that's a, now. That's yeah. a good, oh, it's a good, <laughs> good chunk of her day. <laughs> <Right. just laughs> babysitting me. And then, um, I've set up my life that, you know, nine out of 10 days, I just eat, sleep, train. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know? Yep. Um, so, you know, day to day, some say it's exciting. Some say it's boring. Um, <laughs> depends who you talk to. Yeah. But yeah. It's one of those things like we, we laugh about, like your problems are relative. <laughs> you know, it's things that in the time it might be all consuming or it mm-hmm. might be something that, you know, just seems to be, you know, how are we ever going to get to the other side of this? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, let's just sit back for a second in a year. Is this going to affect us in two years, three years? You know, and when you start to evaluate your problems, you know, I put quotations Mm -hmm. around problems and then you realize like, Oh, I'm not going to even be upset about this tomorrow. Why am I giving it this time, this time right now? And so a lot of it is, you know, I've, Matt was just saying, like, I've I've pared back on the jobs that I'm doing now mm-hmm. and just solely focusing on taking care of him, making sure that he's fully supported in his career, and then also, you know, building my own little brand, working on some projects. And there, there'll be some days where I'm, like, so frustrated because I missed the good light to photograph a <laughs> recipe. And then I'm like, Tammy, why are you frustrated? Guess what? You get to wake up and you get to cook that dish again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad it's not a problem you know what I mean like oh darn I gotta make those brownies again you know it's like not a problem it's just things are things are relative so we try to really be aware of that so that way on days where you're having a frustrating day it's like okay is this something that is 
going to upset me tomorrow, a year from now, two years from now, then how much power am I going to give it right now? Mm -hmm. That obviously takes a lot of time and practice to get to that perspective and to be able to to I can't say I'm great at it but I do I am I I try to be aware of it oh yeah we all yeah Yeah, it's like any other skill you know like I remember seeing the quote it was like if it's not going to matter to you in five years Mm -hmm. don't even give it five minutes um and you know like when when you're so isolated in this little tiny bubble and there's I have such such little interaction with other people and my day-to-day is so simple Mm -hmm the littlest thing will get will get me all riled up. And then it's like, all right, you know, I got to remove myself from that bubble for a second and be like, okay, this isn't a big deal, you know? Yeah. Like, but. Yeah. So you look at, I mean, probably, I would guess, like 10 years ago, you probably had no clue <laughs> that this is where your lives would be at today. But I think it's really interesting to look back. You know, obviously you're looking forward, like where do we want to be five, 10 years from now? But looking back and saying like, oh, wow here are some of the experiences I've had or the challenges I've overcome that have allowed me to be successful where I am today. Oh yeah. So for you guys, like what are some of those things that first come to mind of like, well, this is a really important thing that happened in my life that allowed me to be where I am now. Oh man. I mean, I, I have a laundry list of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I forget what it was that we were talking about and we were kind of discussing of like, how, how are we going to overcome this? How are we going to be okay, how are we going to come out the other side of this? Mm-hmm. You know, And we were dealing with something, I don't remember what it was, um, but it was very concerning at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling Sammy, like, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll fake it. Like, we've been through worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, I had to personally deal with, like, some life obstacles, probably at a younger age than, than most would have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And and in the moment, you're hopeless. Mm-hmm. You're like, nope, sky's falling in, world's ending. I'm never going to recover from this. Mm-hmm. And I look back at those moments now, and it's like, okay, yeah, it was. That was a tough time. Yeah, but I learned these incredibly valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, what was one of those moments where you felt like completely hopeless? Uh, so, you know, when, when I was in high school, my dad got, uh, rushed in for like a triple bypass unexpected. Um, he went in for his 50 year checkup and it was just like no blood circulation. So, you know, like I was probably 16, 17 years old. And, and what hit me was like, I remember when, when they were carting him in, we were saying goodbye or like, it was supposed to be like. We'll see you in a couple hours. Yeah, like good luck. Yeah. Like we said, we said goodbyes. Wow. And so you know, like at that age, that was that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, at nineteen, at nineteen, I, I broke my L five in two spots. Um, so you know that I was, or I, I was eighteen, maybe eighteen or nine. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, I, I was living in Colorado Springs. I was living there by myself, like my first time away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, you know, I was in this tiny little bubble where I had no other factors in my life to consume any of my mental, like, thought process. Mm-hmm. My only goal in life was Olympics. Mm-hmm. I need to make it to the Olympics. And training two, three times a day for a year straight um, mm-hmm. at the Olympic Training Center. And then 
you know, get a couple cracks in a vertebrae and the doctor's saying like, oh, your, your sports career is done forever. Wow. Like we can do surgery, but you'll, the most you'll ever do is a light jog. And then it's, it's not like I, like I can like turn to, you know, uh, like my parents or like people I'm familiar with. I'm at the Olympic training center basically by myself. I'm the youngest one there by like eight or 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, it's also not something like, Hey man, how did you deal with this? Right. Like who's been through this issue in your career? It's like, no, nobody else goes through that. So (laughs) you're really trying to figure it out really even more so on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, that, that was like low for me. Not only was I looking at my future being stripped away, my Olympic dream being stripped away. Um, but then on top of it, I was alone. Yeah. And like, I was living in this dorm room. It was like a cinder block cement room with three bunks in it. Wow. And that was it. And you know, it was just like, like very isolated. Yeah. I didn't really have any friends and I would just kind of like I would finish training and go mm-hmm. sit in that empty room and it was like, this yeah. is my life. So how did you get through that? Um, kind of white knuckled it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, probably didn't deal with that situation as I should have, but I came out the other side learning some lessons of like, okay, like talk to people, mm-hmm. just start talking, you know, I'll, you're surprised at how many people have had similar situations like that, whether, you know, they're dealing with a physical injury or just dealing with that sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, when, whenever I need help, the phone weighs 5,000 pounds. That's, it's hard for me. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a nuisance to other people. They don't want to hear mm-hmm. me complain. And it's like, no, they're your friends. Like mm-hmm. they're there for you in good times and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, learning the power of those relationships. Um, and I think in that moment, it was, I felt hopeless. And I was like, there's no cure for this. There's no getting out of this. This mm-hmm. is how it is for the, the rest of my life. The doctor's telling you like you're Whereas your now, done. when something terrible happens, I'm upset that something terrible happened. But I know, A, I'm going to come out the other side, mm-hmm. whether it's with the results I want or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come out the other side and I know I'm going to come out wiser. I know I'm going to come out having learned a lesson. Um, and then you ended up finding another doctor who gave you like a yeah. chance at this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I talked to, it was like four or five surgeons in, you know, the Colorado Springs, Denver area that all, they all just said like, nope, fusion's the only option. Sports are done, all that. and then. I randomly bumped into a surgeon from California and he was like, Oh yeah, I'll do the surgery. Mm-hmm. He was like, get out there. Um, I think it was Wasn't he, it like Christmas or something. Yeah. Yeah. He told me get out there between or no, before Christmas. He's like, I take off. I don't do surgeries between Christmas and new year's. That's my only vacation. Okay. So I think I got the surgery on Christmas Eve and then I stayed in a hotel right down the road from the hospital until New Year's maybe. Um, and like sleeping 23 hours a day. Wow. Like I can't. And you're by yourself? Uh, no. So my mom came out okay. uh, for the surgery and then stayed mm-hmm. at the hotel. And like I, I literally slept 23 hours a day. Wow. Um, couldn't get out of bed. Couldn't do anything. Um, 
from there went went back home to Vermont for I think two weeks to recover until I could kind of walk on my own. Mm-hmm. And then and then I went up to northern Michigan to mm-hmm. go to the Olympic Education Center. And even that was still like six months of like very limited movement, mm-hmm. you know, in a full torso brace and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you so, said that this this doctor told you there's even with this surgery, which was different, there's like a fifty percent chance that yeah, you'd be able to Yeah. So the surgery I did, you know, when he was kind of pitching it to me, he said on like a 13 year old, it's a guaranteed fix on a 24 year old. It's a guaranteed failure. Um, just something about like the bone pliability and okay. how like willing the bone is to grow, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was, I would have been 18 at the time, like just coming into 19, I think. So he was like, oh, I give this like a 50, 50 if it works. So even after the surgery, I'm in torso brace, you know, I'm, kind of hobbling around, shuffling, shuffling around the house. And it wasn't until like the four month mark that I even knew if the surgery was working or not. Wow. Um, you know, I would, I, I harass this doctor, like calling him all the time. Like, <laughs> Hey, like when, when do I know if it's good? When yeah. do I know if it's good? Or every time my back cracked. Yeah. You're like, oh. I was like, oh, I just rebroke it. I oh. just rebroke it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it wasn't until I think the four month mark that I went in for x-rays and he said, like, nope, there's some clouding appearing in in the bone. So, like, that's good. The bone's mm-hmm. growing. Um, and then even after that, you know, I still have six six screws and two plates in my L5. And he was like, you know, if if the hardware is giving you trouble, we can go back in and take it out. But if it doesn't bother you, then mm-hmm. why do that invasive surgery again? Yeah. Um, so, it's still in there. Wow. That's amazing. But now to know when you're in like a situation where they're like, nope, there's no hope. You have that in the back of your head. Like, okay, even if there's no hope, there's still another way that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what was it? Like we, we were trying to figure something out, you know, something wasn't going right. And I was just like, Sammy, like, it's fine. Like nothing can tear us down. Like mm-hmm. we know we can handle anything. Mm-hmm. It may not be enjoyable right now, but give it time and give it effort. Yeah. And it, It'll be fine. It'll work out. Matt you know? has lived enough life for the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> I have like very vanilla stories. I'm like, um, I got a bad grade and I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. like, we, and Matt's like, man, I've seen. Some- <laughs> I mean, like, we we talk about like our childhoods, and it's like the story comparisons between different. the two. I don't even have and, good <laughs> stories. Like, like this one time, I got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, and then I'm on the other foot of like. I got sober at 17 years old (laughs) and it's like, wait, like you weren't even allowed to drink yet. Like you still had four more years of not being legal to drink. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I've spilt more alcohol than most people, you know? I'm like, like, we played this crazy game in the backyard with these rotting apples that we would throw at each other. It was wild. You know, it's like, that was my childhood. Yeah, That's so funny. (laughs) We called the crab apple fights. What are some of the things, like, for you, was food something that you were always interested in, or where did that come from? Yeah, I would say I don't remember growing up and food being, like, this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think back now. I'm one of five kids. My mom, I I do just remember dinner time was like a chore. Mm-hmm. And now I can completely understand why, because you've got Five seven kids. mouths to feed. Everyone's got, you know, well, I don't like chicken or I I didn't want pasta tonight. And it's like, <laughs> sorry, kid. If that's what, if you don't like it, it's yeah. toast. You yeah. know, like I remember plenty of nights of having like toast for yeah. dinner because it was like, well, I don't want spaghetti. <laughs> um, 
so I remember food being a, you know, like just, it's a chore. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were super active. Like we were all in different sports. And so my mom, you know, she worked and then she was also our afternoon, evening taxi driver dropping us all off at, you know, soccer here. And then we're going to go to dance class. And then, Mm. I mean, I, I genuinely don't know how she did it. Um, my dad, he worked and you know, we lived like an hour and a half away from his job. So he would get home at like eight o'clock at night and kind of the same thing of Mm -hmm. like, okay, we've got to get homework done. We've got to get, you know, dinner and baths and bedtime and all that stuff. It's like how we, how they did it. I will never know. But I remember going to college and having my own place. And, um, I was maybe like a junior or senior in, Mm -hmm. in, in college. And I was like, Oh, I can, I can cook for myself. This is kind of cool. And mm-hmm. then you leave college and you live on your own. And then now you're, you know, like I just, I, I loved having people over. I loved the way that food brought people together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living about an hour and a half away from my family. And once a month I would host brunch at my house and my whole family would drive over oh, cool. and we would, you know, sometimes they'd bring stuff. Sometimes I'd just say, Hey, you guys are taking the drive. Like I'll handle all the food. And mm-hmm. it just, for me, was a way to bring people together. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And then, like Matt said, when we first met, I was working at Reebok full time. I was coaching at two or three different gyms at the time. And so it was like I would get up at 345 in the morning, go and coach a couple classes, then go to work all day, leave work, mm-hmm. go and coach a couple classes, maybe get a workout in myself. And then, you know, it's like I had an hour at the end of the day before I had to go to bed and do it all over again. And I found myself rather than just coming home and sitting on the couch and just vegging out for an hour, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put the TV on. I'm going to, you know, chop my veggies. I'm going to, you know, cook a couple meals. It's like I needed to do it because it was serving a purpose to feed me for the following day. Mm -hmm. But also I found it very relaxing and, um, I I can't say that I was like great at it. I definitely think that I've gotten better Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Um, but it's more just like the time and attention that you put into it. It started with just enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. And now the process is also, I enjoy learning more. So it's not just about chopping the veggies. It's like, well, do they need to be chopped or minced? Cause Mm -hmm. there's a difference or, you know, and so now when a recipe says to do something a certain way, I've learned now that there are certain ways, you know, and that it, it matters for the outcome of the recipe and things like that. So it's been it's been a fun learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like always something to learn or grow or like and try. I, I mean, especially with cooking, it's just so creative. There's so many different ways that you can absolutely. Do it. Well, I think I think a big thing too is when you moved in with me in Vermont, oh. she was just appalled at my diet. At what you were eating. So what was and, your oh diet? My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my freezer was just like stacks of hungry man dinners, like the mi- microwavable dinners. <laughs> oh my like goodness! Salisbury and this is in what year? Like, like you were already competing and like. Oh, oh yeah, you were like. Oh, I mean, like, I remember. <laughs> He's like, this was 2016 when okay. I moved in. <laughs> yeah, on Hungry Man dinner. Well, um, yeah, I'm surprised you weren't sponsored by Hungry Man. <laughs> I remember, like, the so first the first time I met Chris Spieler, um, I did a competition three months prior, and before the competition, I weighed, <laughs> I weighed under 170, and then I competed against Spieler. This is the first time I met him, mm-hmm. and I was over 200. Wow. In a three month span. Because I was like full time school. There's a Chinese food yep. truck and a pizza truck behind the library at the yep. school. And it was for five bucks. You could either get five slices of pepperoni pizza or General Gao's chicken combo. <laughs> um, 
And so, you know, like my body weight, if it was summertime and there wasn't a food truck nearby, <laughs> I got like super, super lean. Yeah. And then during the semester, I just sat in the library all day and I would eat off the food trucks, you know, once, yeah. twice a day and just like <laughs> bubble up. Um, so yeah, when, like, I remember the first time you moved in and then the first time you had left for five days oh to go down gosh. to the Bahamas. To go to the athlete oh, summit. Yeah. For, <laughs> she was gone for, for six days and I lost nine pounds. Oh my God. Because I just got accustomed to Sammy always Make making food, food yeah. and then she wasn't there. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not eating. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll eat when she gets home. But yeah. I remember getting home and he was like, man, training's been terrible. And I was like, why? Yeah. What happened? You know? And he was like, oh, I didn't eat anything. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't eat anything? And he's like, I lost nine pounds. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. So now when I leave town, like yeah. there's, you know, <laughs> it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, here you or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I leave like a little note. Like, I'm like, you know how it is. Like when you're in school, yeah. it's just like you eat. You're just go, go, go. Yeah. Like out of necessity. Yeah. If that, mm -hmm. like I remember the gas station in between, I would drive by it from Champlain Valley CrossFit to UVM. There's one gas station that like, they had like the saran wrap sandwiches, like oh, the yeah. cooler. It was yeah, just a yeah. like, mom and pop shop. And like, even the sandwiches were out of my budget, but they had like these little Tupperware containers and it was like the big thick pepperoni stick, mm -hmm. a block of cheese and two packets of saltine crackers. And it was like a buck mm -hmm. for that. And then a gallon of whole chocolate milk was like a buck 98. So I was like, all right, Solid three bucks, dinner. there's dinner, like <laughs> 2000 calories. And I'm like, I would walk into the library with like, there'd just be like an inch left in the jug of the milk. Mm -hmm. And like my study partners would be like, why did you bring that? Like gallon that, of chocolate milk. Well, like an empty yeah. jug of chocolate yeah. milk. I'm like, cause I, I I'm like, I'm it. finishing it. Yeah. That's I my dinner. Drink it on the drive over. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't everyone do that? That's what we call a road gallon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say it's impossible to drink a gallon of milk in an hour. That's false. Okay. I do it You've all the time. I used to do it all the time. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart yeah. <laughs> or the faint of stomach. <laughs> so what stomach did you notice here. then once Sammy was living with you and cooking? Like, did you notice a difference in your training or how did oh, that affect? Oh, I mean, like body composition completely switched. Um, I mean, like I still, we put no effort into looking fit. Mm -hmm. It's all about like feeling fit. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like, I'm rounder than any of my other competitors. Um, but it was, I remember we watched the 2015 <laughs> fittest film. Okay. And as soon as I came on screen, I had never, I had never watched any footage from that games. Mm -hmm. And this was also in the theater. So like on Huge. a big screen. <laughs> and, and I like turned to Sammy. I was like, Oh my God, I was so big. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, why didn't no one tell me? <laughs> and she was just like, I thought you knew. Yeah, I didn't know that was a secret. It's like, look how round I am. Like, of course I didn't perform well. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, the big thing, like body composition was like almost instant of just uh -huh. like leaned out. Um, the biggest thing was consistent energy throughout the day. Mm. You know, like I think my biggest problem was, you know, I was still taking in probably the same amount of calories, but it would be like, I wouldn't eat until four in the afternoon. And I would go into train and like 
just get lightheaded and like be getting dizzy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, I have to stop. I have to go get lunch or dinner. Mm-hmm. Then I have to wait an hour. So like, I'm not like stuffed oh, and like then that. start yeah. training. Um, so now it's like, I actually eat a breakfast when I get up, mm-hmm. I eat lunch, dinner, you know, I have snacks packed for when I go to the gym. So it's like, as soon as you finish that workout, you have a snack, you know, yeah. very simple things, stuff that regular adults <laughs> <laughs> probably know how to do on their own. Um, Everybody for, learns at a different. For pace. me, it was a learned, a learned yeah. skill along the way. Uh, I will say now it's like I don't, I don't have to worry about like snacks during the day. Like you, I'll, I'll just. Hey, did you pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. You know, like grabs whatever you need. So it's more like I'm pretty much more so here now to to keep the food interesting, mm-hmm. and then also. A little bit of like, hey, you should really have a meal. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> time to eat. hey, we should probably get away from like dinner at nine o'clock. Like, you should be <laughs> having a snack at nine o'clock, but like, let's try to get dinner a little earlier. You know, because it's like, yeah. you understand, you you train all day long. And for me, it's like, I work out for an hour and there are some times where I finish a workout and I'm like, I am so hungry. Mm-hmm. And then there are, you know, if you're training all For day hours long, and hours, yeah. you don't really have an appetite. It's mm-hmm. more of like, I need to eat, not I want to eat. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is just like, just putting the plate of food in front of him and sliding it over and just saying, <laughs> you should probably eat this, you know? <laughs> That's great. Um, we were talking a little bit before this, just a little bit about your parents. But I know, Matt, your parents were actually Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I know, you know, they competed before you were born. Yep. And so that wasn't necessarily a part of your growing up. But how did just having that, like knowing that that was something that was attainable and that was like very reachable, how did that affect you in your life and your career? Um, so it was a bit of, I don't think it's kind of like when people hear like, oh, both your parents were Olympians. So, mm-hmm. so for people that don't know or whatever. So my parents were pairs freestyle figure skating and they, they represented Canada in the 1976 Winter Olympics. Um, Where was that Olympics? Innsbruck, Austria. And I think they were four-time world champions. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they, they had a whole, whole life before they had kids um, of, you know, they went on a pro tour. like So they lived off a tour bus for months at a time. Um, you know, traveling the world, competing, and and they got to do it together. Mm-hmm. Like they started skating together when they were eighteen, oh, wow. and I think they started dating pretty quickly. Around that same time. Um, yeah. And so, you know, for me, the the athletic side of it didn't really mean too much to me until later. Mm-hmm. Um, until I realized, like, oh, I can make this a family tradition or a family thing you yeah. know that was i wanted to go to the to the olympics for weightlifting to make being an olympian a family thing mm-hmm. you know like my parents did it and it's like all right they're their own thing yeah but if i do it now it's it yeah. can be a family now you put thing. some pressure on your kids someday <laughs> exactly right um i, I wasn't thinking about that i yeah, was but... thinking very selfishly at the time uh, <laughs> um but what what really appealed to me was um the stories that came from it. Mm. So my dad is a storyteller mm-hmm. and we always had a camp uh, in Ontario. And it was like, if I had three days off school or anything more, it was like, 
we're loaded up in the truck mm-hmm. and we're going up to camp. Mm-hmm. My mom would only go if she had like a week or two. And my brother, it wasn't really his thing. He didn't, he had his network of friends in Vermont mm-hmm. that he wanted to stay with them. So a lot of the trips we did, it would be my, just my dad and I in the truck. Nine times out of 10, the truck was like used as a work truck. So it's like, you know, the radio usually didn't work. Mm-hmm. There weren't all the TV screens or laptops that we have now. <laughs> um, so we'd literally get in the truck and it was like 15 or 20 minutes till we got on the highway. And I just always remember like we'd get on the highway and dad, tell me a story. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Well, just little young Matthew like this. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, ready for a story. What, what do you want to hear? <laughs> like, do you want to hear a story of your mom and I traveling or me and your uncle poor or like all like, yeah. like I knew all the characters. I, yeah. I've never met like his choreographer growing up, uh-huh. but I know his name. I know all the stories. Yeah. I never met his coach growing up, but I know all the stories. I know his personality. Um, cool. So it was all these just fun stories and like over the years, they've evolved. Like mm-hmm. when when I'm eight years old, he's giving me the very PG rated version. And then <laughs> now you're getting a little as more I'm getting detail. older, you know, they, some of the stories started making a little more sense. Like, you know, the, the, okay. the shenanigans they would get into when they were competing in Spain or yeah. where, wherever. And a, I always thought like it's amazing that you got to do all these adventures with mom, mm-hmm. you know, and then B, like just you have these stories like this was year like my entire childhood was just listening to stories my that my dad would tell me in the truck you know um so i always wanted to find my way to make those stories mm-hmm. like and it when when you're a teenager when you start in college you're like how am I going to find a way to travel the world with my buddies <laughs> and like not go bankrupt doing yeah, it, you like, know? Um, so, you know, with weightlifting, it was like that a little bit, but it's not the same atmosphere that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when it started happening now, we've had a couple moments where we're on a trip, we're in the moment, and then you kind of have like an out-of-body experience of like, did we get here? <laughs> like, how is this our life? Yeah. Um, like I remember the one we were like, we're in Australia. We're on like a private beach, like this Island, six miles long. There's not a soul wow. around and we're watching whales just like jumping. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's Couldn't just, have timed it better. <laughs> and it's just Sammy and I like, we like dug like chairs into the sand <laughs> and we're just sitting there just as happy as, Anybody can be just like content with life. And I'm like, how the, this was not supposed to be my life. (laughs) I was supposed to be an engineer sitting in a cubicle. Like, like, how did I get here? Like, these are the stories that I'm going to be telling Mm -hmm. to kids someday, hopefully. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I got way off track there, but so listening to my dad tell those stories, that Mm -hmm. was that was the huge motivation behind like, you know, kind of pursuing something unique mm-hmm. of like finding your way to travel the world with friends, meet people from outside of like your local high school yeah. or your, your class, you know? Um, other than that, like I never saw my parents skate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen like one or two clips of them competing. Like really? there wasn't really, it wasn't, wasn't YouTube back yeah. in the day, yeah, you know? So 
there's there's one or two clips kicking around on YouTube that someone put up. We don't even know who <laughs> who put them up. Um, but I know I got like the performer traits from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad knows that like he's going to perform better if there's even just one set of eyes on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mom and I were trying to like like entice my dad to start working out a bit, lose some weight, get mm-hmm. healthy. I remember telling my mom, like, I think, I think once he gets in the routine of it, he'll start to enjoy it. You know, yeah. it'll just be like when you guys skated, <laughs> once he was in the routine, he really enjoyed it. And my mom just like is belly laughing. She's like, are you kidding me? She's like, your father hated practice. She's like, she was like, it was like pulling teeth every day to get him to the really? rink. He hated practice. And she was like, even once I got him there, unless there was like a janitor cleaning the seats, <laughs> he just had no interest in doing it. But as mm-hmm. soon as he knew someone was watching, he would perform. Turn it on. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. So like I got, I got that touch of like when there's another set of eyes mm-hmm. on me, I can crank it up mm-hmm. one more notch. And then my mom was the exact opposite of just like my mom was like putting in the hours, putting in the work when no one was around. Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely do you ever work hard in just one thing and then like you're lazy and everything and else. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I never saw my mom skate, I saw her as a practicing physician mm-hmm. of like, she didn't want to do the work on a Saturday, mm-hmm. but it had to get done. You know, she would just sit down at the table with a cup of tea and it was like our dining room table was just all paperwork. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. So I just saw the commitment of like how many hours have to get put in, even though it's not enjoyable. Yeah. It has to get done. Yep. That reminds me of my, we were talking earlier, my mom was an optometrist and owned her practice and like the hours that I, she would just spend in her office in her den, like every night after we went to sleep and she would, I, I think I've talked about this before. Like she would always feel guilty a little bit like, Oh, I didn't spend enough time with you guys when I was, when you were kids or maybe I shouldn't have worked as much. And it's like, mom, I learned so much more from watching how hard you yeah. worked than like, if you would have played with me for like an extra 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, my, my dad always told stories, you know, when, when my mom was going through medical school, my dad was, he would, he was working as a skate coach. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, he was like, I would leave it like, you know, five, five in the morning. He's like, your mom would be sitting at the end of the dining room table with a cup of tea and her med books and he was like i would come back 12 hours later and like she hadn't moved wow and and so you know i remember like when when i dedicated myself to school Mm -hmm. you know when i first got into college i treated it the same way i treated high school Mm -hmm. and my results showed it like it was like (laughs) no i i didn't do like do homework i don't do homework like (laughs) if it doesn't get done in class yeah. I'm not taking this burden home with me. <laughs> uh, like studying. Like through high school, it was like, well, what you studied for this? Like if I didn't <laughs> if it didn't stick when the teacher said it the first time, yeah. it wasn't happening. Yeah. Um so then when I actually started applying myself in college and like I when I learned how to learn, mm-hmm. um, that's when it was like I would get to the library first thing Saturday morning. I'd go up to the silent floor where there's no talking aloud. Mm-hmm. And I would have like just the biggest cup of coffee. And I would just sit there and yeah. just read 
read the textbook chapter to chapter, cover to cover. And then it was, you know, I learned how to learn and, you know, you know, like you don't, you don't do what your parents tell you to do. You do what you see your parents doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, if your parents sit down and read, Mm -hmm. you're going to probably more likely to have an interest in reading books and stuff like that. So, you know, I went years of watching my mom just sit down at the table, cup of tea, and -hmm. just doing her paperwork. And so that's, that's what I started doing. That was modeled for you. Yeah. How did you end up um, studying engineering? Studying engineering, uh, that was that was an easy decision for me. Um, I remember, I think it was I got my SAT scores or something uh, from my guidance. Like you know, I went in to have a meeting with my guidance counselor, and I think it was I got he applauded me because he was like, "Wow, perfect score on the math section, mm. impressive." And because that was not, if you knew me in high school, that was not <laughs> expected of me. Um, and then, and then I got asked if I had accidentally missed the reading section. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> "No, I was there." And he was like, "Oh, you should be an engineer." <laughs> like this is pretty clear for you. <laughs> uh, so that was <laughs> like That's I remember. Great. Um, I, I had one teacher at a very early age. I think it was sixth grade. Um, saw my potential when it came to like math and physics mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. Um, so I know he he's one of those rare teachers that um, you know he saw me being a troublemaker and, and you know and he realized oh it's not because you know he's a bad kid mm-hmm. it's because he's not challenged and so he took the extra time and effort. You know, he's not getting paid extra to stay yeah. after school to teach me. But I remember uh, he was my math teacher in sixth grade, Mr. Epstein. And um, like we would get our worksheet for the day and it was supposed to take the full like 45 minute class. Mm-hmm. I would have it done in five minutes and then I would just start wreaking havoc on yeah. everyone in the class because <laughs> I was bored. You know, I'm done my work. Yeah. Like I'm like, no, now I get to goof off. I worked hard. Now I get to goof <laughs> off. And so one day he just got so pissed at me. He left class. He asked the teacher next door to watch his classroom. He's like, I'm, I'll be right back. He marched over to the high school right down the road, mm-hmm. got an algebra book, and came back in and just like slammed it on the table in front of me and was like, that's what you're doing now. <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh, no, no, no. I, I don't like, want to work harder. No, I <laughs> like, like- I did my stuff. <laughs> I like not being challenged. Um, so yes, uh, sixth grade, I did algebra, seventh grade geometry. Um, and so I think right from there, like, when you have someone telling you at a very young age, you're good at this. Yeah. Like you want to apply yourself more because you have someone encouraging you to telling you like, you're good at this. Mm-hmm. So you're willing to work a little bit harder on it. So, um, and then at a very young age, you know, I wasn't a strong reader, but I was told you're not a good reader. Mm-hmm. It's okay, mm-hmm. but you're just not a good reader. So I just never applied myself to that. Yeah. Um, you crush books now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a newfound love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I I was just so numbers oriented mm-hmm. from such a young age. Um, yeah, so I got one degree in mechanical engineering, um, and then because I got uh, tuition remission, so I got free tuition at University of Vermont. Mm-hmm. You got free tuition until you graduated with a bachelor's degree. Okay. So I did the entire engineering degree, mm-hmm. except the final class, 
And then I started over with a business degree because yeah. I was like, it's free. Yeah. Might as well get my money's Do worth. <laughs> uh, Somebody else's money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I did a du- double major, <laughs> double minor. And then at the very end, I took both classes at the same time and graduated. And then haven't used either one. Yeah. It's <laughs> but you have them. I'm sure you've used them though in like, maybe not in the ways that you would traditionally use them, but like how do, how do the things that some of the things that you've learned, how do you use that today in the, in the, yeah, I mean the, the engineering degree, um, I mean that degree basically tells future employers that I am a good problem solver. Yep. Like everything you learn in engineering until you get to like the later courses, like all the formulas are like, this is for an ideal situation. Mm -hmm. You're losing no energy to heat. You're losing no energy to friction. It's all in a perfect scenario. Mm -hmm. So is it actually applicable? No, No. not at all. Nothing in the world is is perfect. Um, But it's, it's just basically saying like, I can work on problems Mm -hmm. and figure them out. You know, I've heard employers saying like, Oh, we only hire engineers now. Mm -hmm. Like we don't hire you know, it's a job that has nothing to do with engineering, but like, no, engineers are the best problem solvers and yeah. that w- that's what we want. It's a good quality. Um, I, I had, um, so my dad was a mechanical engineer and um, I actually did engineering for undergrad. I did biomedical and I thought I was never going to be an engineer. Like I am not mm-hmm. like, I mean, my sister is an engineer too. And very clearly when we were kids, like, she's clearly an engineer. Like you open up like a new thing that needs to be built and she's like figured out and it's like there and I'm still like reading the directions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it does, it helps you. Like I loved it because for medicine, it's like you just learn how to problem solve. And like, I think a lot of med schools too have learned to value engineering backgrounds just for that reason. I mean, for me, like even from a super young age, I was always into building things. Mm -hmm. I love building things and and it's like all right let's start at the first step let's like work this through and figure out where there's going to be problems we're going to run into problems figure out how to solve them mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that's just what i loved i love building stuff you know like rebuilding engines or you know i was i was the weird kid that you know i was always hooking up motors onto my skateboard <laughs> so like i i, I remember like i went collected like all the extension cords I could. I put an electric motor on a skateboard and then like you collect like 500 feet of extension cords from all your neighbors <laughs> and then you just plug it in like, and you have to get on the board and like, all right, three, two, one, <laughs> plug it in. And then you get 500 feet of exciting ride. And then oh my, my dad come, my dad sees me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, cool. Right. And he's like, you just like, it unplugs when you get down there. I'm like, yeah, and my dad, goes up in the attic and he brings down like a generator and he's like <laughs> bolt that onto your skateboard <laughs> and i was like oh, you I need a better. bigger board <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then that's the problem so then it's like all right you know ditch the skateboard get a water ski take mm-hmm. the boot off put yeah. your put your wheels on the water ski so now you got this five foot long board oh my gosh i mean so that, that was stuff i was doing when i was like 12 years old and so i think my parents knew right away like all right He's, He's going to build shit. <laughs> That's funny. So Sammy, what was your college experience like? Like what did you study? And then how did you end oh, up goodness. at Reebok? I was actually talking to someone about this yesterday. We are talking about like younger school, like high school mm-hmm. time. And I had said, it's funny now looking back, I had like begged my parents to send me to a vocational school. Oh. Um, 
I just thought it was like I had some friends that went yeah. and, you know, it was like two weeks of in school, two weeks of whatever your mm-hmm. trade was. And my dad grew up in the area that I went to school um, in and he was just kind of like, nope, you know, I know the kids that come out of that school like they they lean on their trade. They don't mm-hmm. go to college. And, you know, it was really important to my parents that I went to college. And um, so I went to school for creative writing. Oh, haven't used a touch of creative writing other she, than she can write a mean email. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's like, Oh my goodness. I, um, I just put out an ebook for feeding the Frasers yeah. and I had a girlfriend review the copy of it because my writing has become so slack because you're, I, I'm for the last three years I've been writing for Instagram. Yeah. You know, writing for social now, media right? is, you know, you, you add five extra whys when you say happy Friday, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's just, that's what you do. You, talk, it, yeah. you know, social media talk and, and writing is so different yeah. and she tore it apart. And I was like, Oh my God, I have a degree in this. And yet I still, you just, you fall into certain habits. And so Anyways, in in like the full circle conversation, it's like, man, how funny would it have been if I actually went to that vocational school? Because I mm-hmm. probably would have gone for culinary. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like I for sure wouldn't be here mm-hmm. if I had done that. Um, I wouldn't have gone to college. I wouldn't have met the people that I met. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken all of those steps. Um, so I'm very grateful that they didn't. But it is just funny how, you know, it's like. 10 or 15 years later coming back around and I'm like, wow, cooking is my full-time thing. Like you were meant to be cooking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And definitely not in the traditional sense. People ask all the time, like, would you ever open a restaurant or Mm -hmm. would you ever consider getting a job in a restaurant? And it's like, no, no, I like cooking in my kitchen with my music playing. And like, I mean, yesterday I cooked all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I finished a workout at one o'clock and then people were here at six 30 and mm-hmm. I was cooking from one o'clock until, until people got here. Because I think when you guys showed yeah. up, I was like, I worked so hard so that I can actually hang out yeah, at this party. Enjoying it. <laughs> okay, having all these people over is great. But most of the time I'm still cooking when people are here. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday it was like, Nope, I'm going to get it all done. Yeah. And that was, you know, I don't really do that. Like I cook <laughs> for two people. I have no interest in like, you know, working on it and order as they come in and rushing it out the door. It's like, it's to me, more once of a relaxing, again, kind of enjoyable experience. For yeah. You. And yeah. once again, it's about bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm cooking in a restaurant, I'm not enjoying bringing people together. I'm just feeding people. Yeah. I don't get to be a part of that. Like <laughs> right. th- that's the whole point is I like to be a part of it. So yeah, I mean, college was great. I went, you know, Western New England and Springfield, Massachusetts and had a great time met some great people, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's just something I'll be paying off for another couple of years. Yeah. So, um, and then did you work for Reebok right out of college, or was that a little later? Um, it was a couple of years later. I was actually uh, I was a wedding DJ out of college. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah so so many was, talents. Yeah, that, I've had some. <laughs> Sammy's had some jobs. We were talking about summer jobs the other day, and I was like, "Remember when you were like, uh, you know, coming back from school, I'm gonna get this cool summer job." Uh-huh. I always had cool jobs. Um. In college, I actually, I think I was a sophomore in college. I was hosting, I was on like student council or whatever. And I was hosting this like pageant that we were holding to have to like raise money or something like that. And so I was the MC of the pageant (laughs) and it was like a, like a male pageant. And you know, they had the talent portion and the bathing (laughs) suit and like whatever it was, but it was really funny. And, um, 
so yeah, I was the MC of it. And the guy that was there doing like the audio and the music after the event, he goes, you're really good on stage and just natural presence, like mm-hmm. super comfortable. And there was, you know, hundreds of people at this, wow. in this auditorium at this like thing. He was like, if you ever want a job, let me know. And of course, especially in college, it's like I was once again working like three jobs yeah. in college, you know, just like what, are, what were they called? Like work study mm-hmm. jobs, you know? I was like the AV tech. I would go into the classrooms and like set up the camera so that the, <laughs> the professor could like record the class. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I already had experience with AV hookup stuff, like mm-hmm. your your system back here. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that looks pretty familiar. I would need a refresher now, but it all looks pretty familiar. Yeah. And um, so yeah, he was like, hey, come and work for me. And it was a, a very prominently Jewish town mm-hmm. and area. So there was a ton of bar and bat mitzvahs. I've done everything from like a first-year-old birthday party to like weddings and yeah so I did that for a couple years after college it was a great like in college weekend job you Mm -hmm. know I would go and work an event and most of them would end at 11 Mm -hmm. the latest take down and meet my friends at the bar after you know like it was just and the money was incredible like I just it was such a it was a fun time but after doing that for a couple years it was also kind of like okay, I'm living this completely different life where I, I'm self-employed. Um, you know, really it's a night and weekend job mm-hmm. and all of my friends are working day jobs and then have the nights and weekends off. And mm-hmm. so it was a very lonely time because it, I was also very young. Like the people that I was working with were in their forties and, you know, and older had families and, you know, were pretty established in their, in their careers as entertainment specialists if you will um so yeah it was just I remember at one point just being like okay I think I've grown out of this job like I think Mm -hmm. the money is really great and and I'm good at it but I also have an education and I haven't really used it Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to apply myself differently and so that's when I had I was newly into CrossFit and I just remember um I grew up maybe like 40 minutes from Reebok's headquarters okay And so I had looked on the CrossFit Games website and was just kind of like, huh, if I'm into this and some of these brands, like they had a page of their sponsors or something. Mm -hmm. So I just started looking into the different brands that were associated thinking, well, they must have like a really cool um, culture. If this brand is interested in this sport that I'm also interested in, like Mm -hmm. the, the culture at the, at the workplace must be different than just, you know, some of my friends who have just a very corporate nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was super lucky. I I had probably hunted on the career page for a couple of months and something popped up and it was like CrossFit affiliate manager. I was like, apply. That's exactly <laughs> I mean, what I wanted to. Sounds great. Um, so yeah, awesome. I was there for three years um, in the, basically on the marketing team, helping uh, run the partnership for mm-hmm. CrossFit. And always the first person that we saw checking in. Always. Every yeah, year. loved it. <laughs> loved it. Welcome. Congratulations. You know. <laughs> Welcome to the game. Let's get you sized up. Let's get you outfitted. <laughs> That's actually like how Matt and I, I mean, we had met a couple times before. Um, and, you know, through mutual friends, we, we had like, you know, grown this little liking to each other and then regionals happen and games training and, you know, kind of fizzled off. And so I see him at check-in at the games mm-hmm. and I was like oh hey congratulations welcome like I'm so so glad you're here I showed up and I was with O'Keefe like uh-huh. going to athlete check-in and Sammy comes up say, hey so good to see you 
and gives me a hug and like held on just like I call it the lingering yeah. hug. Like she just held on a little bit yeah. longer than everyone else that she just hugged. <laughs> and then she was like, All right, I'm busy. I gotta go. I'll see you yeah. later. Good luck. And she Bye. walked away and O'Keefe just like, What the f was that? And I was like Something's up. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the classic like, oh, I'm just going to linger for a hot second. And they'd be like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm super busy. It was great to see you, but yeah. I got to go. You yeah. know, like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. So you guys had kind of known each other a little bit before that, but then. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then what happened from there? I mean, well, we've literally been inseparable since. <laughs> I mean, even before that, like, um, a mutual friend. So I was just out of a relationship and you know, they're going through like, Oh, we got to set you up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. And they're kind of going through like their list of friends at like, and it was all girls like in the cross of space or from Reebok, you know, from their networks. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? So-and-so. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. And then they go, what? Sammy. And I was like, <laughs> Who's Sammy? And they started trying to describe her. And I was like, she's short girl, big hair. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And, and I was, I expressed my interest. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, one of the nicest things anyone's <laughs> ever said about me. What did so, you say? <laughs> she is the most beautiful girl in the entire world. Oh, <laughs> and so, so then they said, they're like, this is happening. Yeah. Here's her phone number. Okay. Call her. And I'm like, there's no way. I can like cold call this girl out of the blue. <laughs> Anyways, they go back to work and they see Sam. They're like, Sam, like. Classic kinda, middle school. Like, like, like we know Kissy like, likes you. <laughs> and so they told her that like uh -huh. what I had said. And Sam was like, oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. They're they like, we gave him your phone number. Sam's uh -huh. like, oh, okay. Great. So I am like, there's no way I'm calling this girl out of the blue. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so three weeks goes by and I didn't call her and I just get a text message and said, Hey, this is Sammy. I've heard you've had my number for three weeks. Why haven't you called? <laughs> I'm like, like, you're clearly interested in me because within those three weeks, he would come back and like see some, like I was living with Jen and Kelly at the uh -huh. time who were also training for the games. Mm -hmm. And so Matt would like go and train with them and he'd be like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys? How's Sammy doing? And it's like, <laughs> you're clearly asking about me and yeah. it's going to get back to me. So yeah. I know you're interested. Call me. Like, let me just help you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember getting that text and just like having a mild heart attack. <laughs> and then it's okay. The payback was the first time I called him, you know, cause like you text a little bit and then mm -hmm. it's like, all right, we should we should probably have a phone conversation. You know, like, yeah. let's be adults here. Take this to the so next I called. <laughs> I called, but then I also wasn't expecting him to answer because oh. I'm like, there's no way he'll answer. I'm just going to leave a super cute voicemail, right? Yeah. And then so he answers and I was like, oh, I wasn't ready to have a conversation. <laughs> I was just ready to, like, I had only mentally prepared myself to leave a message. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what to say. Okay, well, we're doing this. You know, <laughs> it's just funny how we all have like our own little, yeah. our own little fears. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you were talking a little bit, then you reconnected at the games. Mm -hmm. And what year was that? That was 2015 at the 15, games. 15, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so then what happened after that hug? <laughs> um so so I think it was after the games 
Um, so first off, like I am, I don't do well in crowds. I get social anxiety. Uh, small talk is just not my thing. Mm -hmm. Like I love talking to people, but just the, the like small talk just to fill space, uh, does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like going to a party where I don't really know people, Mm -hmm. That's so out of character for me. Mm-hmm. So Sammy had told me like, oh, I'll be at the after party mm-hmm. after the games. And and so 2015 games, that was a low point in my life of like, I just lost again. That was your, so your second year is so the first year you had gotten second. Yeah. And then you went back and had. And got second got again. Second again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So super low point, like devastating moment mm-hmm. for me. Which now knowing, you know, I'm like, Congratulations! I know from the outside it's like, dang, yeah. like podium two years in yeah. a row. Like, yeah. like great. Let's hang out. Let's celebrate. This is awesome. And he, you know, now I hear the stories. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, duh. Like, of course. Now knowing you, that was a low point. But yeah. here I was, like, newly meeting this guy, being like, he just won second Congratulations. place. Yeah. So, like, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So when like O'Keefe is with me, and he's like, hey man, like what do you want to do tonight? You mm-hmm. want to just like, you and me, we'll get a pizza, go yeah. hang out in the hotel. Like, what do you want to do? I was like, let's go to the after party. <laughs> <laughs> and O'Keefe like, turned to my buddy in the back seat and was like, yo, something's wrong. He's broken. Like, like, <laughs> what's going Matt on? Matt wants to go to a party. Like, <laughs> oh, something's wrong. And then as soon as we walked in, I like beeline straight to Sammy and he was like, oh, it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And also now knowing, like, you know, to me, I'm like, oh, I'll be at the after. I mean, like, I helped, like, I was yeah. running that. That yeah. was like, of course, I'll be at the after party. You're right. an athlete. Of course, you'll be at the after party. And I'm like, let's hang out at the after party, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now, knowing that he went to the after party, I was like, oh, my, I feel so Like, honored. what that means. Yes, yeah. that, that <laughs> is like, now that I know him like, to his core, it's like. That was the last thing yeah. you wanted to do in that scenario yeah. or any other scenario. Yeah. Like even, even, even the years that you win, it's like, no, I have no interest in going to the after party. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't been back since. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think we did a year or was it even a year of you living in Boston? I was in Vermont and it was basically, I think it was like every other weekend, one of us would make the trip. Okay. I didn't move until December, 2017, uh, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was a little over a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we did the long distance for a little while. Uh, I made an attempt at moving to Boston <laughs> when I first graduated college. Okay. Um, I made it 24 days. And okay. like. He was living in like more in the Natick area. Okay. Where Crossit New England is. So that's like here in Massachusetts. You have to kind of go like through the Boston area and then down to Providence where I was living. So mm-hmm. on a good day, it's like it's still a forty minute drive. Yeah. But good days don't exist in that route. Like it's always gonna be an hour and a half to two mm-hmm. hours just to get to each other. So even then it's like, well, we were just four hours and now we feel so close but we're still two hours really and that's fire, infuriating fire. yeah <laughs> so I, I just remember like you know basically if i'm in massachusetts i say like i'm in boston mm-hmm. yeah you know like that's <laughs> yeah. close enough yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so yeah i moved to boston or moved to natick um and was just so miserable mm-hmm. i hated 
everything. Like I just felt like I was wasting my life sitting in traffic mm-hmm. every day to get get to the okay. gym, bump it a bumper, to get home, bump it a bumper, to go see Sammy, bump it a bumper. I'm like, I'm wasting my life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, after yeah, after about three weeks, I I kind of said to Sam, I'm like, I I, th- I think I'm gonna go home. And she was like, oh, thank God. She's like, I didn't want to say anything, but she's like, you're miserable here. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> so I went back went back to Vermont. But the best was the people you were staying with. Very kind from the gym. He was like renting a room at their house. He was like, hey, um, I think I'm going to go home for the weekend. And then they <laughs> came home and they're like, dude, did you go home for the weekend or did you move home? And he was like, ah, yeah, I moved home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, my, my room's empty. <laughs> it was like, I, I think I left the bedroom door open and my buddy Jeff walked by the room and like, like just saw nothing like yeah. stacked under the bed and like that kind of caught his attention. So then he walked in and I think he must've peeked in a drawer uh-huh. and it was like, all my clothes were cleared out. He's like, Hmm, he's really out of did, here. Did you like leave, leave? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Oh, that's Whoa. too funny. Oh my gosh. Um, So I want to touch just a little bit because you've been very open on sharing your experience with um, alcohol and your sobriety. Mm-hmm. So I just want to touch on that a little bit. Like what, yeah. are, what are some of the things, like looking back, you said it was 17 yeah. that you got sober. Like, I mean, what are you what do you still draw on today from like that whole experience? Because that is not an easy thing to do, especially at 17. Yeah. So now that I'm a bit older and I've like lived some different places, um, you know, I realized how lucky I was to be in like the Burlington, Vermont area when I got sober. Mm. Um, so, you know, AA started in Vermont. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, you know, the, just the network is very popular, Mm -hmm. very big. Um, and for whatever reason, um, the, the young, the young crowd, the young sober community Mm -hmm. is huge. Wow. Um, so, you know, like I would go into a meeting and, you know, first off there was meetings for young people, um, like you know, obviously there's no like strict doorman of like yeah, checking yeah. IDs, but it was, it was meant to be like, so you can relate and meet yeah. other people that are going through what you're going through. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's conventions, Nekipa, like wow. young people of Alcoholics Anonymous in New England. Um, and so like you're going and you're meeting all these young people, but like I would go into a meeting and sometimes I would be the youngest at 17. Um, but a lot of the times I wasn't. Wow. You know, um, there was like, there was the group I hung out with and it was just incredible because they decided to get clean and sober, but they still had fun. They were mm-hmm. still like the cool kids, mm-hmm. you know? So at a very young age, I was like 12 or 13 and, and my dad always encouraged me. He's like, why don't you go hang out with Nate? My buddy, Nate, mm-hmm. my buddy, Nate. And so Nate is like 10, 12 years older than me. Okay. Which now when we hang out, it's not that odd. Yeah. Like he's 40, I'm 30. Yeah. But like 12 whatever. and 22 is a big difference. Exactly. Yeah. But, but when I'm yeah. 12 and he's 24, 25, yeah. for me, I'm like, this is weird. Dad, <laughs> why do you want me hanging out with Nate? Uh-huh. So my, my dad is also sober. And then 
come to find out later, Nate was sober. Mm. Everyone Nate hung out with was sober. Okay. And so they just, they did everything that I like to do, like go to the gym and work out, uh, go out on dirt bikes and ATVs, you know? Mm -hmm. So my dad would always line up for me to go dirt biking with Nate on the weekends. Nate would come by. He usually had a couple buddies with him. Mm -hmm. He'd back in the driveway. My dad would load up my dirt bike. And I thought it was cool. I'm getting to hang out with guys that are in their twenties. You know, we would, uh, they were all into cars. And so, uh, like I'm like 13 and we're going across the Canadian border into Quebec to go to the, uh, Naperville drag strip and like got the drag race cars. But my dad knew he was like, he's with a clean group. He's not going to get into trouble with Mm -hmm. them. Um, so ever since I could remember, I, I always had friends that were in the program that were sober. Um, so when things got out of hand for me, um, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. So there's already red flags up of like people watching for it. Yeah. Um, and then when it just got too much for me, it was a very easy transition. Like I already had a network that was sober. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, easy is relative. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I, mean, I, I, I not still easy, easy, but for but, sure you were far more set up than than most. Yeah. Yeah. And I still like my first month sober. I didn't go to a meeting. I didn't talk to anyone. I just like locked myself in a room and white knuckled it and wow. was miserable. Um, but then, you know, when I finally reached out or it was probably friends reached out to me. Um, and I, I was like, Hey, I, I need help with this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just started going to meetings and, you know, you just start naturally changing people, places and things. You kind of have your own, your new activities, your new network. Um, and then, you know, I just stopped getting in trouble. I stopped being a pain in the <laughs> to my family. Hmm. Um, and life just got a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, I forget what my dad one time. He was like, not every time I've been drinking, I got in trouble. But every time I got in trouble, I had been drinking. Hmm. And for me, it was like, yep, that's hundred oh, no, percent true, yeah. you know. And and at that age, too, like what I was doing, I thought it was normal for my friends. And my friend, like when my friends pull me aside who are drinking with me, and they're like, "Hey, we're worried about you, man." Mm. I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm fine." They're like, "No, this mm. isn't good." Um, so yeah, and then now, I mean, a lot of the people I hang out with. You know, I find out into our relationship that they're also mm-hmm. sober. Um, it's it's one of those things that as soon as someone finds out you are, they're like, oh, I've been clean for four years. And then like other people in the room people? start all chiming in of like, yeah. yep, I am, I am, I am. And you're like, oh, okay. It, it's not that odd, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah. It is incredible. It's We were talking about it last night, actually, in a small group of... I have, I've been to one meeting. Mm-hmm. I remember going with Matt to like, it was one mm-hmm. of, I think Nate was there. I think, you know, it was like, oh, we're getting together with some friends to go out for dinner. Let's stop into this meeting beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of just like what they all used to do of like, yeah. oh, let's go to a meeting and then let's go out for dinner. And I was just so interested. I'm like, I would love to go. Yeah. Um, the more I learn about it, it's, you know, it's not something that I struggle with in terms of having an issue with controlling alcohol or, you know, consumption, whatever it is. but from what I've learned, it's like 
any everybody could take something away from the 12 step program oh it's, yeah i mean 90 oh, yeah. percent like, of it is just teaching just you how like, to be a better to, person yeah like be a good, nine, yeah, nine a good out of 12 yeah. steps are just like how to be a better person mm-hmm. they're not even like related to yeah the program or like you having a problem it's just like the simplest one's like when you're wrong promptly admit it yeah and it's such an easy thing but it's so hard that like if you do something and you in in your head you're like oh i've it's you put this own internal weight on like uh don't admit fault mm-hmm. like as soon as you admit fault then you're wrong yeah but once you get in the habit of just like hey dude, i'm sorry like i didn't mean for it to yeah. end up like that but like this is what happened yeah very rarely does someone get upset at you when your intent was in the right place yeah. everyone screws up mm-hmm. but it, yeah it just and as soon as you apologize for it like it stops any resentments from getting built up and just simple stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. good rules for life. So you still use a lot one. of those today, or you think about those a lot today. What's that? You still think about a lot of those today, or they are they're probably more like second nature now. Uh, I definitely have to remind myself. Yeah, I have to well, kind of go through and yeah. touch up on it. Um, but you know, I have I have a lot of people in my life that I'm able to, if I'm just struggling with something, you know, whether it's just like I have a day where I'm feeling blue or, you know, I have a resentment or anything like that. I have a whole network of people that I can just call up Mm -hmm. and have a conversation with them. And, and they'll say like, Hmm, sounds like you're taking someone else's inventory. (laughs) Damn it. You're right. (laughs) You know? So it's very simple. Um, and it's just having people to talk to, Mm -hmm. you know, very few things can't be solved with just like a good conversation or it would just start you in the right direction, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. You know, like right now in the last couple of years, I, I think part of it is that I was spoiled when I was in Vermont with how good meetings were. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first moved to Colorado, I was leaving meetings more down than when I got there. Mm. And it was really tough. You know, people just weren't working the program too much. Um, and, you know, they're they're talking to like, yeah, you know, I'm 12 years sober and like I'm homeless and this and this. And like, I'm like, oh, well, that's not why we decided to get sober. Like mm-hmm. we got sober to have a better life, mm-hmm. not to keep living this miserable one. And, you know, Vermont, it's like, I couldn't tell you how many friends I had that were like, High school dropouts, homeless, like all these different, like just their life was chaos. And then, and then they made the transition to bettering themselves. And, you know, one, uh, he runs a super successful automotive business. Another one, she went, got her GED, went to undergrad, and now she's a physician. Like, Uh. and I think the big thing I realized, like, I kind of looked at, you know, having alcoholism or being an alcoholic as this burden. Um, and f- I know for me and like most people I've met in the program, it's very rarely that you have a problem with moderation in one area and it doesn't affect everything. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, I don't do anything in moderation. It's never been a problem because those other things don't have this huge negative side effect yeah. where I'm a total app. Um, so like when, when I went to school, it was like, oh, if one degree is good, two is better while I'm getting, <laughs> why not? while I'm getting two degrees, <laughs> I'll do a double minor. And it, it just and why like, why not like compete in the CrossFit games while I'm at yeah, it? Yeah. So like, so the whole moderation <laughs> thing, like 
no one's looking at me doing a double major, double minor and crushing it, like staying like high honors the entire way through. Yeah. Be like, hey, I think you have a problem. You're <laughs> yes. over applying yourself. Yeah, you're studying just a little too much and we're concerned. And yeah. then like same thing when I was when I was training. I remember like through high school, I was doing three days and like I would wake up at like 4.35 in the morning and I would run to the gym a mile, do a full training session and be back. And I'd run back and then like, you know, I would train at during lunch hour and then after school. And it's like, I trained myself into the ground. I overtrained myself. And it's like at 15, that's tough to do. <laughs> and no one's pulling me aside. and like, Hey man, you're really over applying yourself yeah. and like Think training too much, here. you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I don't like working in moderation. I don't like training in moderation. I don't like doing anything in moderation. Mm-hmm. The only one that has this huge negative side effect was mm-hmm. drinking for me. Um, so try and take all those isms and apply them to things that have a positive outcome. And it was like, oh man, this is a, this is a gift. Yeah. I love working 18 hour days. Like any job I've had, it's like the more hours, the better. And it's like, I love finding that passion and just like all in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw that with so many of my friends that, you know, they came in, came into the rooms in shambles and then they learned how to direct mm-hmm. that, like, you know, no moderation for, on anything, direct it into something that has a positive outcome. Yeah. And then they, they're crushing they it. Crush yeah. it. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And I think it's really cool how you've been so open about that experience and shared. Cause like you said, there's so many people well, who. So- it was, I mean, it was in the last like maybe like two years. Yeah. In the last year, year or two, two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just always kept it very quiet. Um, I think if somebody were to ask you, or if somebody else had opened up on a one-on-one basis, mm-hmm. then it was like, oh yeah, hey, me too. And well, that was so I just- mean, the the big thing um, is when people ask me about the tattoo on my left arm. Okay, and so like. I, I'm not, actually, I'm not sure about other 12-step programs, but I know AA has like almost every meeting has a serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the meeting is opened with the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that was something very important to me. Even growing up before I got into the program, if I was upset about something, my dad would, Matt. Just recite the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, shut up, old man. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then like once I started dealing with real life things, you're I was like, like Oh, it's pretty, pretty oh, helpful. <laughs> this serenity prayer, like whether you're into religion or not, whatever, it's like break down the problem. What do you have control over? Mm-hmm. I don't have control over it. Well, I hope I can learn how to accept it. Mm-hmm. You know? Very simple. Um, and so that was very important to me. And uh but I didn't want it in the font that was like on all the posters. Okay. Cause I, I didn't know if I wanted that like billboard of mm-hmm. basically if someone sees it to like, no, right they, away. it's like, yeah. Okay. You're, you're in the program mm-hmm. or a program. So I got it in a different font. And so some people will still pick up on it. And so the people in the know would ask like, Hey, do you know, Bill W? Like, are you, so like a very, easy way to ask someone if they're in the program is are you friends with bill w bill w was the founder of aa okay. 
And so if they're not, and they just go like, no, I don't know a Bill huh? W. Who? And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. I thought you knew him. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of walk away. You leave it untouched. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> but then if they know, uh, then like, yeah, yeah, I've been friends with them for five years. You know, oh, something that's like really that. Cool. So this is like a cool society. Yeah, you this is part of. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I forget how it came up. It came up in an interview somewhere. Um, but yeah, someone someone had asked like. You know, and for me, it's like when I say I don't drink, most people just assume, oh, it's because you're an athlete. Yeah. You know, you're doing it for performance reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's, and just sometimes, I think for a long time, I just kind of shrugged it off. Like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It's an easy answer. Yeah. Um, But then I started getting a lot of feedback from people of like, thank you for sharing that story. That's really powerful. You know, they just, they don't see anyone in the public eye as much that talks about that. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, feel alienated than on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've kind of opened up a bit more about it. And, you know, like that was, that was another thing of, I got sober at such a young age that I've gotten a lot of comments of, ah, well you're 17. Hmm. What 17 year old drinks responsibly? Yeah. You know, you're 30 now, maybe you could try it. And, and I know early on, I definitely crossed my mind as well of like, maybe I just was young and dumb. Maybe I could try just having one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it like, I had the friend that I got sober with, you know, we, we went to meetings together, you know, we drank energy drinks, smoked cigarettes and went to meetings. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we did together. Just driving around a hoop. Do you have a car? <laughs> we had the pamphlet, the meeting list, and we would just hit meetings. That's what we did. And we were each other's support system. When I moved to Colorado, you know, now he's on his own. I'm on my own and, you know, I'm not good at calling and, you know, he, he, he relapsed and then he ended up passing away very quickly after. And so that, that to me was like, nope, I'm not willing to take the chance yeah. of like dipping my toe in because it might just grab you and just mm-hmm. take you. Um, well, especially knowing your family history and exactly. And it's yeah. not like. It's like I've seen family members go mm-hmm. and it's like, nope, maybe I could drink normally. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm willing to test the waters on. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. Like not too many people around me are heavy drinkers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, I think I've seen Sammy buzzed one time. <laughs> I was mortified. <laughs> I get very embarrassed. I'm not a big drinker. Like I just, yeah. even even when I think back to like being in college and going to parties and all that stuff, it's like, I just didn't, you know, I kind of also hung around people that just didn't really drink a lot. Yeah. So like I had a, a, you know, a crowd that were very heavy into drinking and partying and all that stuff. And I would go to the parties and I would casually have a, a drink in my mm-hmm. hand, but I did not love the like waking up the next day and like, what happened last yeah. night? Like I just, I never liked that. And, um, and it maybe happened like once. Um, and so I just found that like the people that I ended up spending more time with were people, you know, my best friend, she just never drank in college. Never mm-hmm. like wouldn't, wasn't that she didn't like, you know, wasn't very open with like, Oh no, no, I don't want to drink. I'm okay. You know, like she was just, no, I'm good. You know, and so I just saw like how casually she was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'll hang out and I'll party, I'll dance, I'll do whatever. But like, I don't just don't need a drink to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, oh, yeah, cool. I don't really care to 
do that either. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you get into fitness and you, it's like, well, What's even it? last night we were talking yeah. about like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have a glass of wine, but if it's past six o'clock, then I'm going right. to have a headache the next day. Right. So it's, it's like, it really there's a sweet it? spot here of like, <laughs> what time is it? Nah, I'm good. You yeah. know, like I want to get up and go for a run in the morning. Yeah. I don't want to wake up feeling groggy or whatever. And so after college, it was like, okay, well now the party scene, um, even though it's just like one or two drinks, the opportunity to do that, it's like a, you have to seek it out more when you're not in college and, you know, it's not just not part of the routine or whatever. And then you start hanging, you know, like I started going across it and you started hanging out with that group and it, the plans were more like, hey, let's, let's work out after work. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's go get a drink after work. You right. know, it was like, oh, perfect. My office closes at 530. I'll be at the six o'clock workout. Yeah. You know, rather than the happy hour at six o'clock. So I don't know. It just kind of, it just easily evolved where, you know, I'm happy to have a glass of wine every once in a while but if it doesn't fit my time window then <laughs> right. I'm like that's good <laughs> probably not worth it yeah exactly not wow. worth it all right I want to shift gears a little bit to what it's like for you Sammy to watch Matt compete and Stressful. then there was a great story <laughs> that Matt told last night about some hype music coming on during oh, the games and yeah. I want to hear it from your perspective yeah I'm actually um yeah so I mean watching Matt compete I've been very lucky obviously I've, I spent two years where you know the first year that we met in 2015 I was working for Reebok we weren't dating mm -hmm. but it was like hmm. you know like I had I had back access like we bumped into each other in the tunnel yeah after podium you know and like I was always around in what I look at now is like very special moments uh, behind the scenes. You know, I wasn't just sitting up in the crowd watching from afar. It was like I was able to be a little bit more intimately involved. Mm -hmm. um, 2016, when he, the first year he won, it was like I was managing all of the photographers for Reebok at the time. And oh, so wow. I had, um, I had to like go down to one of the pits, the media pits on in the tennis stadium and, you know, swap out like cards or something for one of the photographers. And he was like, hey, Matt, um, that year specifically, I had kind of said to all of my, all of like my people, like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm in, like I was helping run a lot of things throughout that weekend. And I said, but when Matt is on the floor, like, I just need that 10 minutes to watch him. Like I, I need to, I need to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, hey, Matt's going to be on the floor next. You should just stay here. Like, I knew all the photographers. I knew I wasn't going to be in their way. And I just said, you just tell me where I can sit. And um, they're like, hey, sit right here. Like none of us have been in mm -hmm. that spot. I'm like, okay, great. So Matt comes out. It was, was it double DT or heavy DT? No, that what was, year? that was a uh, double DT. Double DT. So Matt comes out and I kid you not, I am sitting in the chair in his lane. No Like way. right like, down. In the tennis stadium. <laughs> front row uh, in my lane and is Sammy. I was did just did that tickled. You I was like, oh my God, if there's ever a chance to like pull this card, I've just <laughs> won the jackpot, right? So I'm like, this is amazing. This is yeah. incredible. I mean, I got a little bit of a talking to afterwards. Well, the, it, was, <laughs> it was like during, I'm literally doing like hang power cleans and I'm like winking at Sammy. Yeah, he was flirting with me a little bit. Like in the first round when you still feel fresh and yeah. you're feeling kind of sassy, you yeah. know, like you're I'm like, like oh, there's this. my sweetheart. Yeah. You <laughs> hey honey, look at me. <laughs> and then I just realized I was so distracted through the rest of the event. Yeah. You know, I hit the finish line 
I think I won my heat and I hit the finish line and like she's right, right there. there. And so like I kind of bend down and give her a kiss. She's like, like, I've been sitting here. Did you see me? And I was like, yeah, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, okay. Yep, yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> glad I had that experience once. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that year, I think it was, um, I, I was a little bit more removed. Like I wasn't yet fully a part of Matt's life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were living long distance. I was full-time working. I mean, that was a, just a really crazy year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing what I could to kind of progress my career within the company and mm-hmm. had taken on a lot of responsibility that year at the games. And, um, it was a, it was that will forever in history go down as the hardest week of my life. Wow. Um, because of all of the responsibilities yeah. I had yeah. and then showing up and being like, you're doing amazing, but right. also having like all this a meltdown, stuff. Yeah. you know, five minutes before because hit the fan and I'm the only one that can fix it. And if, if it doesn't get fixed, then it's my fault. And you know, like all of those things. Yeah. Um, but I think that that was, that was a really cool year to experience, you know, Matt taking first place and, um, and some of those things, like I said, just getting that like little bit of special treatment because I had access because I was helping run that show. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like from, from our perspective, it was like, Oh, that was kind of cool. cool. Um, every year since has been far more special because I'm now living with him. I'm now, you know, helping out day to day. I'm now very much a part of, um, obviously his successes are, are attributed to the work that he puts in, Mm -hmm. but then also, you know, it's like, I get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I get to, even if it's something as simple as making sure that he's eating all of his meals or yeah. if he needs body work at the end of the day and, you know, he doesn't have an appointment with an actual body work person until Monday. Well, I can, I can stick an elbow in wherever You've needs to be. You've got many talents. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, now um, watching him compete, it's like, I see how much work goes in. Mm-hmm. I see that, you know, at 8 a.m. when he wakes up, he's his day has started. Mm-hmm. Like there's no hanging around. Like even if he's hanging around, like he's usually hanging out right here, watching a little TV while he's stretching and rolling out and getting his body ready mm-hmm. for the day. Or when he comes home at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now he's eating and recovering and sauna and ice bath. And I mean, he's not working out, but there are still every minute goes into that effort coming down from the day and preparing for the next day. And so, um, you know, now watching him compete, it's like, I'm, I'm always very stressed because I want, I'm going to be proud of his efforts. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, I just want at the end of the day for him to be proud Mm -hmm. of, of the accomplishments. And, um, because obviously we are, we're always our own, harshest critics and you know as we get closer to competition times and stuff it's like just reassuring that you know hey listen no matter what like I'm gonna be here we're gonna be good we've got a great life you know whatever because the results themselves it's like it doesn't define us but it but it's very important and it's everything goes into it if you're wrapping up your identity in the results Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things that go on that you have no control over that can sway the results big time. Mm-hmm. So if you're basing your identity off those results, it's like, yeah, it might go right, but there's, there's two, only two options when you sign up for a competition. Either you're going to win or you're going to lose. 
Um, and you need to be okay with both. And you so know? it's and like, like, I try to base my identity off of the effort that I put in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope that if I, you know, if the results aren't what I was looking for, I hope that I'm still able to hold my head high and be proud knowing that I did everything I could. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone just decides they're snatching 400 now and running four minute miles, mm-hmm. well, I, I hope that if I put up a great performance and try my best, I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like weeks before a competition, you know, it's when you start getting edgy, the nerves start showing, um, you know, you start taking your own personal inventory of like, what, what am I good at? But more importantly, what am I not good at? Mm-hmm. Um, and did I do enough to prepare yeah. in those areas? And so, yeah, watching Matt compete, it's, it's very stressful because I want him to come off the floor after every event being like, okay, wherever I stood, like I crushed it mm-hmm. because I, I did the, I executed the way that I wanted to, or I performed, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's the other side of like, I feel very privileged to get to see him train every day and get mm-hmm. to see all of the hours that go into it. And it's exciting that come competition weekend, that other people get to experience that, that other people get to see, you know, it's, it's a performance. It's mm-hmm. the, I mean, you know, like y- you were in that category of when you go out on the floor and you execute in a workout and it's like, man, she makes that look so easy. And it's like, well, yeah, she put in a lot of work so that it looks easy. Yeah. People you know, always and- ask me like, Oh, do you miss it? And I'm like, I miss that feeling of like, being there and knowing like you've done everything you could to be the fittest you can be. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I miss. But I'm like, at this stage in my life, like I'm not willing to put that effort towards that goal. Right. But I miss that feeling because it, you can't get that feeling without putting in so much work to get there. Yeah. I know that's one thing that we've had discussion of, of like, you know, it's like the new thing of like, Oh, when, when you're done competing, are you going to go team? (laughs) No. Why would I want to do that? You know, like I don't, like, you know, you see a lot of the names, like the people that are there every year. And it's like, oh, are you going to go for the record? Like, I think there's been a, two or three people that have gone to the games 10 times. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I have no interest in that. Like, I know I could put in half the effort, qualify for the games, and just rack up that number. But I'm like, I have no interest in not dedicating as much time and energy as I am right now. Yeah. And just participating. You're you're all in when you do it's, something. <laughs> it's 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 all or nothing. Yeah. And yeah, so I have no interest in, you know, like qualifying out of some obscure regional or wh- whatever it is and kind of just showing up. Just showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, the day that we decide, all right, you know, it's time to be parents, you're mm-hmm. whatever the next phase is, it's like we're in the next phase. Yeah. Now you you're know? all in on that. And you know, that, that's how, that's what I grew up with. Like I never saw my parents skate, mm-hmm. you know, like they never, like they were never like, Oh, we're going to dabble in coaching or, you know, Oh, we might do this little competition or whatever. Yeah. It was just like the day that they were done. My mom went to medical school and my dad, uh, my dad like became a real estate agent, small time developer. And, mm-hmm. and, then that was it. Like yeah, that, their skating was like, like I literally found out about them skating from like going down. It was, we always had an unfinished basement. So it was just like storage and like mm-hmm. 
old bags and whatever. And I'm rooting around there when I'm like probably five, six years old. And it was literally like out of a movie where I like move some stuff and then I find all these like giant gold cups. Like they're, they're like three feet tall, like just these huge things. And I'm like, I found treasure. (laughs) It was just like, oh my God, I am so rich. My parents didn't know this is down here. And I remember like lugging one of them upstairs. I'm like, dad, look what I found. And he's like, my dad's like, where'd you dig that up from? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, there's three more of them downstairs. Like we got one every time we won the world championships. And I'm like, what? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, It's like when they made the transition from being athletes to like being parents, it was just like a complete 180. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've joked before of like, oh, let's just, we'll have a kid and I'll just be a single parent for the year. And yeah. it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't start yeah. this so that I could be a single parent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like the idea is that we do this do together. together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like the plan. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, could we have kids and Matt still compete? Yeah, we could. Plenty of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we have been intentional in like, you know, that's not fair to me. That's not fair to the child. And that's not fair to Matt. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in those beginning years, it's oh, like, yeah. you know, to miss out on two days of a child's life. It's like they're a completely different person when you see them <laughs> the oh, next yeah. two days, you yeah. know? And so um, it was like, no, let's, you know, we understand that there, that this is a very unique time to take advantage of, um, you know, Matt's health and well-being and fitness and all of that stuff. And it's not something that we're like, oh, let's just, you know, we're going to take a little break and we'll come back in a couple yeah, of years. It's like, time. <laughs> no, we should probably just take advantage of it now. And mm-hmm. then when we've decided, you know, okay, we're, we're good. Like let's well, move it, on. Then, then I mean, we will. a big big thing too is like health, well being, and then like right now we have the freedom. Right. Like we bounce around. Mm-hmm. Like we go on trips last minute all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I mean, a couple of years ago, like the week after regionals, I was like, okay, let's go back to Vermont, mm-hmm. and we went. And when I left, I remember telling Chris, like Chris is our neighbor, and. I gave him a house key and I was like, Hey, like here, here's a key. We're going to Vermont for the week. And I, I don't think I'm going to come back. I'm just going to like stay in Vermont. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, like I locked the door. Like, just like, do you mind collecting my mail once a week and making sure the house doesn't burn down? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, and then when we moved back, we moved back on a, on one day's notice, we just packed the truck and went. Um, so, you know, it's, we're in a very unique situation of like, we both work from home. We have basically no responsibilities. Like we don't have to like care about the schedules of children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to keep a plant alive. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Start, yeah, we, we got a plant in the other room. It's like, <laughs> we have never once remembered to water it. It's like when it's like shriveled up and like hung over, we're like, Oh, we should pour some water on that <laughs> cup of water day later it's good for another week go. and then i mean i gotta like say i've right? been putting a lot of tlc into that thing and she's <laughs> blooming yeah yeah she looks great peace lily yeah. if anybody out there is uh having a hard time keeping something alive yeah. peace lilies are like that's the one. easiest thing <laughs> that's great okay so this story of the hype music oh we yes. gotta hear it from you i gotta uh, okay. i know sorry that. i don't i don't even know <laughs> um so yeah so because i uh 
for a couple of years had been working for Reebok and helping mm-hmm. organize certain things at the games. Um, I had also uh, DJ Lucky Lou. He, and you have your DJ background. You right, exactly. Connection. Yes. So, I mean, we're obviously very tight because of that. And then um, I, at one year, I was helping coordinate something that he was a part of. Um, I think it was like the the wedding, the CrossFit wedding that happened. Oh, yeah. That I year. remember that. I, I think I like watched that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I think, was that 2016? That was the first year that I did it. Yeah. So... I know. <laughs> so 2016 was the year of that that CrossFit wedding. Yeah. And um, I was working with DJ Lucky Lou to like coordinate some of the stuff for that. And I just remember that year, every time I'd gone up to Vermont, it was like we had a playlist that we would put on in the car. And it was just kind of like, all right, we're getting ready for the gym. I mean, everybody can relate to that. Yeah, you've right? got you're your on song. Your way. Yeah. yeah, you're on your way to the gym. You're like, let's get pumped. Um, and so it was this one song that we would play all the time. And it just kind of reminded me of like, this is this is like yeah. as we go and this is how we prepare type thing. So I just said, hey, in the last in the last event, like this was in the tennis stadium all of the athletes got introduced and one by one came into the stadium from Mm -hmm. the stairs to like ran through the crowd I mean it was super epic and Matt was being in first place he was the last one to come out and so they had just like general music playing for everyone else and then as they were getting ready to announce Matt he put on the song that I asked him to play and oh he's still goosebumps um so yeah so so he in the in the tunnel, you know, just like here's the song, gets a little choked up, and then yeah. it's like, all right, we got to go out there and we got to get to work. Um, and then, I'm and did you sure. know? You knew immediately, obviously, because you had that. Yeah. So song. yeah, the song is, uh, what's the title? Old, old things back. Old thing back. Yeah. Old thing back <laughs> by Biggie Smalls and Ja Rule. Yeah. Um. So it's not like a song that it's not sentimental like, by any yeah. means. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not a song that's like on most gym playlists. Um, it's a little explicit. Yeah. So so when it came on, it was like this is not Sammy clearly requested this and had someone put this on. Yeah. And so I'm I'm still under the bleachers like waiting to get announced. You know, there's the like the banners down so like the crowd can't see you standing right behind them. And they're kind of going through the intro and and so there, there were people on the sides. I don't know how they got into the tunnel, but there's people there behind like under barriers. Under the stadium, I remember. Yeah, under the stadium. And so there's probably like 100 people on each side. And the song came on, and I just immediately like had flashbacks to every day driving. The last like two minutes to the gym, Sam and I both just singing the song, mm-hmm. like getting hyped up for the gym. And like I knew Sammy went through the effort to get this song put on mm-hmm. because it, it meant something to me. Yeah, and uh, so I'm in the tunnel, and I immediately I'm just like start crying, and so I was I told myself I was like just make sure your chin doesn't quiver, and just put down your sunglasses, and nobody will know that you're crying. <laughs> and you know, so it was that moment of just like this like tidal wave of emotions coming out. Yeah, and uh, I think I've done it every year, but yeah. that one sticks out the most. And then this last year, yeah, this- I can't remember like what the other songs were. Like I remember I I now have DJ Lucky Lou's contact, you know, like, <laughs> we see him at events it's all like, the it's time. It's time for the song. <laughs> right. And so it's like the, and I think it was the following year in 2018, he had like sent me a text and just said, 
hey, like, what are some of Matt's songs right now? And yeah. so I sent him a list. And so I think throughout the weekend he played some stuff. I don't remember in 2018 if there was like I don't remember, a specific I don't remember song. what the song was in 2017 or 18. Yeah. Um, but like every year. year, every year there's that one song that's like your theme song of the year. Of the year. Yeah. You know, some some years for me it's a country song. Some years it's a rap song. Like, well, so 2018 was the bull, but I don't oh, remember yeah. if he played it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, don't I, I think he may have played it after the event. Yeah, like when Dave was going through and like announcing right. who mm-hmm. finished where. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this year would definitely. Yeah, so every year has like that one theme song where it's like you know the last three minutes of your drive when you're going to the gym. That's the song you put on. Yeah. We're and, a little stuck here. The drive is only three minutes. You gotta be efficient. Started in the house, walk to the car, and then you get your drive. Um, <laughs> now you're just walking to the garage. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. That song on. Yeah. <laughs> brushing uh, his teeth in the house. Yeah, so, you know, it's for a majority of the year, that's a song that gets put on to get you hyped up for the gym. And, like, I always like run through the picture of like coming out of the tunnel. You know, it's dark but you can see the crowd and you know, like that's a song I associate with. Like I'm about to go into a very high pressure situation and demand everything out of my body. Mm-hmm. And all I'm, all I'm picturing is, is winning. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I associate with that song is getting you know, hyped up. Like I'm about to, I'm about to demand everything out of my body and like, I want to make myself proud. So, you know, you, you're, hyping up this moment for so long and then when it happens you know so even this year the song when i was coming out on the floor like that was my like theme song for the year mm-hmm. and as soon as it comes on and you start hearing the crowd reacting to yeah. the song and it's like and that was this year it was the like we will we will yeah. rock you yeah, and so i year, specifically remember being in the stadium and hearing that because the stadium was on Fire. Yes. Yeah, everybody was yeah. like, "Man, who picked out this jam? Yeah. So good!" And now that I know like, you how know. it came about, I'm like, oh, "That was cool." Me. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like this year, you know, yeah. I'm going out on the floor, and I think I'm ahead of Noah by like 15 points or 20 points, whatever it was. Like it was, it was close. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had to perform, and that song comes on, and it's just like this flood of like remembering all the grueling training sessions, every time I've driven to the gym, how much I've dedicated that's leading up to this moment. Mm -hmm. And then like you, that song comes on and it's like, you can't not do the boom, boom clap when that song. (laughs) So now you have a full stadium doing that. And it's like, okay, like I'm not losing. Yeah, Like I'm, I'm going to go out there and there's nobody that can stop me from winning right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just that flood of emotion right before you're about to put yourself in a very, very painful place. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a good a good pat on Super the back cool. of like, all right, go get him, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that I can't be sitting in his lane in yeah. the media pit, you know? It's like, <laughs> gotta I, gotta, I gotta let him know I'm thinking of him and, and cheering for him. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, every year at the games, like, I don't know where they sit. And I've told them, do yeah. not tell me where you sit. Yeah. I don't want to know where you are in the crowd. I don't want to be mm-hmm. looking for you. Nothing. Yeah. And every year, my dad, like, oh, sweet Donnie. My dad's like, oh, Matt, Matt. <laughs> and Sam's like, you 
put your hand down. And he's like, well, well we're, we're right here. I have to apologize after, but it's like, Donnie, I'm going to yell at you at least, <laughs> at least once this weekend because we all know he doesn't like to know. Yeah. And so now that they do like the outdoor stadium, yeah. we found this one spot where it was like, it was just easy. Hey, be under the American flag. You know, yeah. it was like center in the, in the stadium, whatever. And so we just, it was an easy meeting spot. So everybody can go get their waters or bathroom breaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just always know where to find each other. Well, it also happens to be on the same side where the athletes get corralled. Uh, so Matt's like doing like warm up skips in the back, and Donnie's like, "Hey, Matt!" I'm like, "Donnie, you sit down, <laughs> real then." <Sit. laughs> yeah, he's, he's just a he's just like he is a proud papa. Yeah, the like, proudest you know, they come. <laughs> but it's like I I like tell every, I'm like dad. Don't tell me like he'll start telling a story. He's like, yeah. "Well, you know where we sit. We're right by." I'm like, "Stop, stop, stop!" No, no, no. I don't want to know. <laughs> and so he he knows like, all right, Matt doesn't want to know where we're sitting, <laughs> but it's me. Yeah. <laughs> That rule doesn't oh apply God. to me. <laughs> Donnie, sit. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So, so that's the story of the hype songs. Yeah. I mean, I, we actually, we should think back on it because I definitely, I mean, I've done it every year. But we could just, just those, watch the final events. This is true. This is true. Yeah, sure those two stand out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's yeah. super cool. I know. So obviously, I'm going to talk a little bit just about this year and current events because a lot of things have happened this year. Because things are wild. Yeah, Yeah. things are very wild. It's only July, but I feel like three years have gone by. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Um, And I mean, already things were, I mean, the last couple of years of competing in CrossFit, I cannot imagine with all the changes and the stress that that brings (laughs) and just the unknown. But um, this year, obviously the first big thing was the coronavirus and, you know, the change in, a lot of competitions getting postponed and then the games having this big question mark around it. So quarantine. So for you guys, what was that experience like, like as this is starting to unfold and your, your, how did that affect your training or your mindset? I mean, the initial quarantine and everything happening with COVID, it was, it was kind of, you know, truthfully, it was kind of nice Mm -hmm. to just, be grounded and be in one place. And I mean, we travel so much throughout the year that there's always like packing and unpacking and getting back. I feel like there's always the sense of getting back into routines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with all of that, although it has gone on far longer than I think anybody really thought it would. And it was far worse in other places of the country than it was here for us. So, you know, we're very fortunate that it didn't, it didn't affect us in really any of the ways that it has affected a lot of people other than the fact that travel was canceled and, Mm -hmm. you know, the training plan was, um, you know, like they were still able to train. um, Well, we figured out a a setup for it, but like the days themselves didn't change much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've tried to set up my life as much to be Mm -hmm. self-sufficient, you know, you know, like mayhem, run seminars all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, when there's, what people don't realize is when there's a seminar in, members can't go to the yeah, gym. Yeah, you, you don't have a place to train. And so, it it happens all, like, probably two weekends a month where we can't go to the gym to train. Mm-hmm. Like, it's closed to everyone. So then, so I've built up, basically my home office is my home gym. Yeah. Um, so that I can be completely self-sufficient. 
and then so same thing happened with with covid um you know t and i were told like you are not allowed to come into mayhem mm. and so we were like oh like seriously <laughs> and they're like, yep you are not allowed to come here mm-hmm. and so it was just like okay uh we'll go train at home and you know we we tried to take advantage of it like we were very cautious with like in quarantine mm-hmm. you know like we had the discussion with shane and Tia of we've lived together before mm-hmm. like if they make it manageable of, like you can't leave your house mm-hmm. then you guys are just going to move in here mm-hmm. like you know we have some spare bedrooms upstairs um so it was the discussion of like if it becomes law like you're not allowed on the street you're not allowed mm-hmm. to drive here whatever it is you're just going to move in um and then i had a buddy he kind of was asking you know like have you guys been strict about quarantine i'm like oh super strict like we're just training at home and he was like all right well if you want to come to kentucky like i'm in quarantine here Mm -hmm. if you guys have been good like come hang out Mm. and so we're like cool yeah we we meant to go for two days we packed to go for two days we ended up staying a week and then we came back here for two days. Yeah. Two or three. But. Two, yeah. Two or three days. Just packed up a truckload worth of equipment and then went back. Wow. And spent um, like another three weeks. So it's there. a, it's a wow. rock climbing lodge. So it's like a gorgeous house. But then wow. there's a wing off the side that's like 10 dorm rooms basically. Oh, cool. Um, and so it's just like communal kitchen, uh, like a full on dorm room mm-hmm. community bathroom. So there's like four shower stalls, two bathroom stalls, a couple sinks. Like and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like Shane and Tia took a room. Sam and I took a room. Uh, Kip was in another one, and like we just hung out. And for me, I'm like, that was the silver lining of it for me. I learned life lessons there. I changed some. I made some big life decisions mm-hmm. based off my time there, and kind of picking other people's brains on how they value things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we were just there, like in the countryside in quarantine with some buddies. Um, That's cool. Training the bit, not training the bit. Um, yeah. It was, it was a really special, it's like, I look back and, you know, just the way that you feel and you wake up every morning and you're like, oh, you know what? Whatever's going on, it's mm-hmm. like today's a good day. Yeah. You know, and it was just, I think it was something that we all recognized was super special and um, even now, like, you know, <laughs> Tia said the other day, she's like, man, if this gets any worse and stuff gets canceled, we can just go back to Kentucky. You know, <laughs> like, like it's, that just that, it's just that thing where it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you know, silver lining, if this all goes to, sh- like, we're just going to go back to Kentucky. <laughs> so it's just been, a, it was, that, that was really cool. And it allowed them to, like, it allowed all of us to kind of step outside the, the daily routine, still keep up with, like, I mean, they still trained mm-hmm. fully. Like, they, we brought enough equipment where we kind of set up little, a little training, you know, mm-hmm. set up and um, these guys still hit full sessions. But at the end of the day, it was like we all hung out around a campfire. And, you know, in the mornings we got up and we sipped coffee in hammocks and it was like, it was just different. You know, the the actual mentality was still there of like, hey, we still got to work. We still got to like put effort into what mm-hmm. we're doing. But also, you know, at the end of the day when we'd all cook dinner and then it's like, all right. What trashy TV are we going to watch tonight because it's <laughs> raining out? Or like, oh, perfect night for a fire. Let's go sit out. And like just the conversations. And I mean, 
you guys were over last night until what one one thirty in the yeah, morning just talking on the crazy. back porch it's like it's funny how when you bring people together how you know or like you were saying you're staying at the hinshaws this weekend and you feel like you talk all day long and you have these great conversations and then you wake up the next day and starts up again at yeah. coffee and you're like oh man we've been talking all day how how are their like, topics how is this whole left? day gone yeah yeah and it's just when you're around good company that's just that's how it goes and mm-hmm. so it's just refreshing to be around people that have have experienced hardships and success and you know have but completely outside of crossfit or completely outside of mm-hmm. what what you know and what your reality is and yet you can you can see the parallels mm-hmm. um so that was really cool yeah, so that was that was the beginning of beginning of uh, yeah, COVID shutdown craziness, and then you know like all the travel, all the competitions are getting postponed and canceled. Um, so you know, once again, it's the type of thing like I always hope for the best, plan for the worst. So mm-hmm. um, you, you never know what they're going to do for qualifying for the games. Mm-hmm. On like, what's to say they don't change something last minute? There's no rule in place saying they can't. Yeah. So I always want to qualify. I always want to do national champion out of the open, top 20 out of the open, and win a sanctional. Mm-hmm. Just, in, Just case, in case. Because there's nothing saying that they can't, you know, all right, all, this, all the national champions are in the first heat. Mm-hmm. Well, that one being the last heat. Yeah. And so I want to give myself options. Um, so, you know, I did. I did a sanctional back in January. Mm-hmm. You know, I hit it. Got that out of the way. Yeah. As soon as I could, or, you know, as close to mm-hmm. as early as I could. Um, you know, and so got that done. And then, I mean, all the stuff with CrossFit. And it literally got to the point where you can find yourself playing the what if game mm-hmm. a million times over and just wasting, just wasting time, wasting energy. You're wasting worry. Like mm-hmm. save those worries for things that that you have control over. Yeah. You know? Um, so when all the stuff A with COVID of like maybe the games won't happen, maybe these sanctionals won't happen, maybe this, maybe that. And um uh, and it's just like you have to almost just remove yourself and say, like, you have to force yourself to not I don't want to say not care. But literally, until until someone comes out with a definitive answer mm-hmm. on whatever it is, mm-hmm. I just have to remove my emotions from this. Um, well, it's something as simple as like we don't have cable, we don't watch the news. Like, and some of that is well, why pay for cable when you have things like Netflix or whatever? Yeah. But then the other side of it is I don't need that dose of of worry. Yeah. I genuinely feel like if I were to have tuned into the news as much as some people did, like, it's just, it changes every day, mm-hmm. every day. There's new statistics, there's new numbers, there's new this, there's new protocols. And, and until it, there is like, this is the vaccine, this is the protocol, whatever. It's kind of like, I'm going to be as safe as I can. I'm going to try to stay educated enough so that I'm, I'm prepared for when I leave the walls of my house and mm-hmm. how to how to you know be socially responsible and all that stuff but I don't need to get wrapped up in yeah. all of the hype and um some of it is similar you know when everything started coming up with CrossFit and like well it, is is Greg going to sell or or what's going to happen and it's like 
what is me asking those questions right. doing to solve any problems right. other than just getting getting us all worked up? Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, okay, let's just let's just try to live back in our bubble. You know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. And I don't mean that to be like completely removed from things, but it's like if the games have like regardless of Right now, today, we know that the games are happening. So right now, today, Matt needs to be preparing for the games. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all we need to be worrying about. And until someone says, hey, the games are canceled, then then he stops training or mm-hmm. then he stops having a bedtime or then he stops, you know, it's like, but no, uh, as far as we know right now, so as far as we know right now, all of those little things that contribute to being successful at the games are the exact things that we just need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um Easier said than done. Some <laughs> some days were wasted. And then it was just kind of like, what are we doing? If we're going to do it, then let's just do it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, all those little things that you learn along the way of like speculating about workouts or speculating about like, what's this going to be? What's that going to be? It's like, well, let's just wait until they announce the workout and then mm-hmm. we'll think about how we're going to approach it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'll hear other people doing that. And like the perfect example was... um whatever year of the games it was that they flew us to Aromas mm, yeah. with like no warning. Yeah. And they said like, all right, you're preparing for a flight, go to bed. And everyone was just like, well, what if they fly us here? What if they fly us there? And I'm like, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all going to find out at the same time. And also what does it matter? We're all going to the yeah, same place. Yeah. We're all going to the same place. So like, yeah. what are you guys worried about? You know? Right. And it's just, we're all on the same flight. It's not like we have a 4 a.m. flight and you have an 8 a.m. flight. Hey, yeah. what the hell? You know, yeah. it's like, nope. we all have to be here at the yeah. same time. We yeah. all have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just playing that what if game. I mean, once again, it's a it's a valuable lesson I learned later on in life. I wish I learned it a lot, lot sooner. Um, but it's just it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And it's when people are giving their opinions. It's like, yep, opinions are also a waste of time of like. Why do I care? Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. It's what you think, mm-hmm. but it's not the truth. It's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of learning to be okay with not knowing for a little while. You know, if people find comfort in playing out all the different scenarios, if that's if that's what you do and that's what you feel good doing, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, do it. But for me, I just like stepping back. You know, it's like the first uh, the first year where they just said. Regionals are canceled, and every like people went nuts of like, yeah. all right, regional canceled, and like they're waiting for like, yeah. well, how do we qualify? And there was no answer. They didn't have a rule book written yet. Like I competed at a sanctional. I was told if you win the sanctional, you get an an invite to the games, but it wasn't in writing anywhere. There wasn't a rule saying yeah. this is truth. Um. And so, you know, you just kind of go and you're like, all right, I'll find out when I find out. Yeah. One yeah. thing we recently learned about like the language of it all too is like an invitation to the games is different than qualifying for the games. Yeah, you and qualify like, for the games out of the open and you get an invite for the games oh. out of a sanctional. So an yeah. invite can be revoked. Oh. Like, you know, like there's right, certain like things. I mean, they idea. haven't, but it's just one of those things. It's like, until... Until there are definitive things, it's like, yeah. okay, we're just going to make sure that we check all of the boxes. Yeah, so when things covered. change last minute, then it's just like, well, we're, we have two out of the three or yeah. we have, you know, this last one to fall back on or whatever. Wow. 
So then obviously recently we hear this announcement that this guy's buying CrossFit. He's going to be the CEO. You've had a chance to talk with him quite a bit. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, what are you, are you hopeful about the future? Like, what are you, what are you hoping to see for the future of the sport and for CrossFit? So, I mean, right off, right off the bat, you know, when it first, a, when it comes up of like CrossFit's being sold, I'm like, I'm like already like skeptical. Let's, let's wait and see. (laughs) Okay. We'll see, you know? Um, so I mean that right off the bat, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but then it's also like, all right, well, do you want to deal with the devil, you know, or the devil you don't, you know? Um, and I mean, like, I I have met Greg twice, spoken two sentences each time. Mm-hmm. It was both times where, hey, how's it going? Nice to see you. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the end of conversation. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, when, when Eric came in, you know, um, I think, I. I didn't know who reached out first. Did he text me or something? I don't remember. I mean, it was a week ago, but it feels like a yeah. Yeah. time at this days. point. Yeah, um, time means But yeah, he nothing. was just like, hey, I would love to grab 30 minutes of your time. Let me know when you're free. <laughs> um, the first conversation we had uh, was three hours. Wow. Longest, longest phone call of my life. I don't think I've ever sat <laughs> on the phone for three hours straight. Wow. Um, but after the call, it was just like all the nerves were like, brought down i was like this is gonna be great um and you know like i i think we may have texted like once or twice maybe Mm -hmm. since then um but then he's in cookville this weekend i mean he's staying here yeah um Mm -hmm. so i've gotten to spend a bit more time with him uh but yeah i mean just in the very little amount of time i am very excited to see a, what he does for the affiliates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we like barely touched on it of like what his plan is. And I was like, I, I told him, I was like, if you implement even a fraction of that stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to crush it. Like, it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of having an open line of communication with, he wants to have an open line with, with the athletes of what do you like? What don't you like? Mm-hmm. How can we make it better? Um, you know, just at looking at taking that sport to the next level. Um, so, I mean, I have huge hopes. He's an incredibly, incredibly down to earth guy, Mm -hmm. super nice and just a solid head on his shoulders. So I'm I'm excited to see what the future of all of this looks like. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, deal's not done yet. Right. We're all so, not, it's not over to the fat lady <laughs> yeah. sings. So, yeah, I mean, I mean we'll, it, it we'll was, see. it was great. He was like, oh man, it's so cool of you guys to, you know, invite me to stay here. And I mean, of course, like people come to town. It's, yeah. it's what I love. I mean, <laughs> you're I love, an entertainer. Yeah, I love to host. <laughs> I love to make people feel at home, all the stuff. And then I was also like, well, we got to size you up. It's the yeah. best way to do it. You're staying in my house. Yeah. Like I get, you know, <laughs> what like, do you expect? <laughs> yeah. What makes you tick? I don't know if you're staying at a hotel, but if you're staying here, I can <laughs> tell. Figure something yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's exciting too, because you know, like he's a fan of the sport. 
-hmm. He's an affiliate owner, so he's got that sense. He's got that experience. He understands what it has been like to be a part of, you know, that circle. But Mm -hmm. he's also, he, he recognizes that, you know, the sport is what markets for the gyms. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just, yeah, it's really cool. So just to have somebody who's like excited to, to meet and hear from athletes and to listen to their experience has been, um, super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited and very hopeful too. And mm-hmm. thank you guys for bringing it. I mean, you had a real over last night and it was just, it was a great like crew of people and mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah. Such yeah. a diverse group. Such couldn't, like, couldn't tell you the last time I saw 1 a.m. I know. Was, oh my gosh. Me either. That <laughs> and is, in my time zone, that's 2 a.m. So yeah. I'm like, like, that's really crazy. Yikes. Um, so as you know, you're, we talked at the very beginning about how you're living, like, you love your life. You're living an awesome life. Like, you never thought you'd be here at this point. You've accomplished so much, like, but yet you're still, you're like, I'm still motivated every morning to wake up and, like, do this. And you're super excited. Like, what is it that gets you guys super excited to keep doing this day after day and getting out of bed every morning? Um, I mean, Kind of like the first thing you said, like, we love our lives, yes. Like, if if I think something's cool or I want a result or whatever it is, it's like, I just immediately, I'm like, oh, that would be super cool to do that. How do I make that happen? And it's like, you just start working towards it. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that's, it's a very simple process. Even if, if it's like this huge unachievable task, it's like, all right, well, you got to take the first step somewhere mm-hmm. um, and figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that side of it that, you know, whatever the task is, I'm going to try to do it. And whatever appeals to me, I'm going to try to do it. Um, I think you mentioned something of like, you know, like very accomplished. I don't really see that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, because I, I see like the day to day process, so it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I know I've done some cool things, but I'm not done yet. Yeah, you know, like somewhere you I feel do. like the day that I I look at myself and think like, wow, I am really really accomplished. Well, then you're satisfied. Yeah, you know, and then then it's like, all right, you know. Well, then the motivation is gone. Yeah, you know, like if you're not, if there yeah. isn't something to like, work I, I just or achieve. There's still so many people that like, I look at their life life stories and I see the cool things they're doing. I'm like, man, I've done a fraction of that. You know, like there's so many things still on the bucket list mm-hmm. that I want to want to go to, and it's like right now my life is revolving around this and competing, but that's not the big picture. Mm-hmm. That's not. This isn't going to be what defines you. Yeah, this isn't going to be my life story. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it's a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, like when I got into the sport, it was I was a full time college student. I was broke. You know, this was just a great opportunity for me to you know build a little nest egg, make some pocket money, mm-hmm. um, so that when I went on to whatever my next thing was after college, you know, I had a little cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, it grew into something that I never ever expected um so now i'm leaving i'm like all right this is i love what i'm doing um 
it's provided us with all these opportunities in our lives. But in the grand scheme, this isn't the end of the story. So it's like, this is just a stepping block to go to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing too is, you know, when you in, enjoy the life that you live, you, it's clearly because you've, you've achieved, you know, some level of success and however that's defined by you. I mean, mm-hmm. that could be, that could mean something so different for, for other people, but it also, it's not necessarily like, not every day is a great day. Like there's a lot of hard work that goes into being able to enjoy, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things. It's like the juice is worth the squeeze. So if I love the life that I'm living right now, well, I've got to continue to work hard. So the motivation is just, yeah, I like this life. I like, you know, what we're able to do and what we're able to do together. I don't want to lose that. So that makes me want to work really hard every day so that I can continue to live that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that, you know, it's like, it's easy to look on social media and be like, wow, man, so-and-so lives just like a great life. But, um, you know, like, are they? That's that's a lesson. lesson (laughs) Do not compare. I hope hope a lot of people can figure that out. You know, like. The difference between social media happiness and happiness. I have met people that, you know, you follow them on Instagram for a year or two and you're like, wow. They look so happy. They have life figured out. And then you meet them and they are the most miserable people you've ever met. Mm. But they're great at taking a family portrait and smiling, getting (laughs) dressed up. And it's like, and then you start realizing like how many people you meet, they're like, oh, so-and-so. Oh, they have the best life. And like, yo, they're miserable. Like, don't let social media fool you. I hope a lot of people and that's what it is, that. you know, like, like social media is a highlight reel, right? Yeah. But I think if you then place your own personal values on, on watching how other people live their lives, mm-hmm. then you're just going to be so misguided. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it's like, are, are we happy with what we're doing? Are we happy with the people that we have in our lives? Are we happy with the work that we're putting out or, you know, the way that we are catering to our our relationships and things like that it's like if i can answer yes to those then i'm good if you know if i can if i post up a picture and somebody happens to like it cool but like i'm not doing it for that you know i think that's that's, gonna make my day or break it right exactly Yeah. yeah so i don't know i think like the the motivation side of things it's like some of it is is motivation to continue to live the life that we live and then some of it is also like it's routine, you know, not every day isn't easy or great or like waking up super excited and happy. It's, but it's like, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze. Some days you got to just put your head down and get to work. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I get asked this a lot of like, what's your motivation? And it, and for me, it really depends on what day you catch me on. Mm. It's, you know, there, there's some reoccurring themes that come up of, you know, um, like for me, I'm like, I want to have a cool story. I want to have a cool story when I'm like the old man in the rocking chair sitting on the front porch. <laughs> I want to have some cool stories to tell my grandkids or yeah. tell the neighbors, you know, that type of thing. Matt uh, talks about retiring. And I think in his head, it's like his parents just retired. Yeah. So he's like, you know, someday when I retire, which, you know, could be in a couple of years and he's <laughs> 35 or whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh man, you know, the life we're going to, and I'm like, 
you realize we're only going to be like, you know, we're still in our thirties. We're not yeah. 65. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not, not just retired. in a rock every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not be old good. retired. <laughs> but when I am old right, retired, right, right. I want to have, you have cool, grandkids. I want to have some cool <laughs> stories to tell. Um, you know, like I want to do some epic of just yeah. like, like stuff that like it scares you. And those situations of like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. You know, like whether it's like we're sitting on this like, like beach out in the middle of nowhere in Australia watching whales jumping mm-hmm. or like a couple years ago, like I'm strapped into an F-16 in Las Vegas, like, and I'm, I'm flying it. Like, like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like, this was not supposed to be my life, Yeah, but it's like the harder you work, the luckier you get. And it's yeah. just like stuff like that starts coming up, you know? Um, it is wild too how, I mean, like, what is that saying? Your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yeah. Like the, the, I think what's been cool to see is like the people that we've had the opportunity to meet and how many of those people are the best in their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some sport related, some not sport related at all. You know, our buddy is a the number one gun distributor in the US or Matt knows this other guy who like hand makes these incredible knives or hand makes these tables and and it's just cool to see how how similar the stories are, how how the the parallels line up in in terms of how they got there or what continues to drive them or yeah, just like, what it took to get to where they are. Like, I'm trying to think of like some of the list of buddies that like I've left a conversation and I'm like, Oh my God, like our careers have nothing in common, mm-hmm. but our stories are absolute parallels. Mm-hmm. Like I have a buddy who builds monster trucks. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's his, that's his job is he builds monster. How do you get into that? <laughs> um, but like talking, I'm like, like every story he had, I had a mirror image one and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but completely different crafts. He builds monster trucks. I have a buddy, he's a knife maker. Mm-hmm. Like, got into it, like, by accident. And now, like, he's, like, this world-renowned knife maker. Like, And it's like, how do you get thing. into that craft? Yeah. Or like um, Mako, even. Mako, tattoo artist. Like, he travels, like, he can call up any city in the world mm-hmm. and be like, hey, like call a tattoo shop and be like, I'll be there for 10 days, book me 10 appointments. Wow. And he has a line around the neighborhood, yeah. you know, like his, his shop actually like accepts applications and they go through applications. Wow. They'll get like 300 applications when he announces that he'll be in a city and when the, and then, and they select the people that he'll see. Wow. And then it's like, he's booked up and, and then that's it. You yeah. know, like it just, Crazy. it's wild to, to have the opportunity, you know, like, I mean, I'm somewhat riding the coattails of his success, but also at the same time following an example and and trying to, you know, it's like, well, if I want to be really good at what I do, I have to figure out what I'm not good at and get better at it. You know, like there are some things that just come supernatural and then there are other things that you really have to work on. Mm -hmm. And so identifying those things and then actually taking the time to get better at them and focus on them. and, And so it's like, I look at it as, you know, Matt has worked so hard and and people I'm sure have similar conversations of like, man, I know this guy who he works out for a living. Like I just can't even fathom it. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, mind blowing. Like so different. Like I'm just a knife maker. You know, it's like I'm sure that those conversations are happening, but yeah. it's just cool the opportunity to meet 
you know, to such a diverse group of people and to, and to see, okay, wow, we're not doing, we're not on the same track, but mm-hmm. yet there are certain things that just, oh, that makes sense why yeah. you're as successful as you are. Yeah, they're just true, like working hard. and Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like what gets me out of bed in the morning, like I kind of mentioned, like, you know, there's certain reoccurring themes where it's like most days it's like, I want to make myself proud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going like 30 minutes of Netflix has never felt so good as after a hard day's work. Mm-hmm. When you're proud of yourself, you're like, oh, I can kick my feet up and, and watch, watch some TV, you know? Yeah. Um, but you got to put in the hard work to get exactly, that feeling. Like you need yeah. to put in the hours. You need to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. There's other days where it's something as simple as like, all right, if I want to have nice things, I need to work my ass off to be able to afford them. Mm-hmm. That like something like that doesn't come up as much, but like, like, and we really don't spend much money on luxuries, but every once in a while, like. If it's if it's more of an asset mm-hmm. than like a well, like, like a we just, appreciating, we just yeah. bought a, a house. Yeah, we bought a house well, in so Vermont, like, and it's like we have a house. We also have another property in Vermont. We don't need it. So it was like two years ago, like we went visited Vermont, and I always keep us an eye on real estate. Mm-hmm. And this eight and a half acre farm came up for sale, mm. and saw it, liked it, so I bought it. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, well, if you want to keep doing stuff like that, you need to go work your ass off. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, we just closed on a house two weeks ago. Like we have, I own the house in Tennessee free and clear. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this house in Vermont that I loved. Mm-hmm. It checked every box for like the absolute dream It was like home. exactly what we wanted to build on the property that we had. But it's like already there. Yeah. And, and double the land. Double the land, better location. Just wow. everything. And about it's already it. done. And so I saw it. I liked it. And I bought it. And you know, so it's stuff like that where it's like, all right, you want to keep having this financial freedom, go earn it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I remember it was the, so it would have been 2018, we bought the property, the barn. Mm-hmm. And then so 2018 games, we, I mean, we had talked a little bit about like what we wanted to build on it mm-hmm. and where we wanted to build. And, and so the, the location on the property, it's like, it was a 700 meter driveway or something like that. Like mm-hmm. somebody else had kind of done a little bit of the work on it. So I remember Matt wins the games. He leans over, you know, I get a hug from him over the wall or something uh-huh. like literally right as he finished the event and he goes, Honey, I just got his driveway money. Like, you know, a, a 700 meter driveway paid. No, no, no. I, no, I think that was Dubai. Oh, was it? No, that du- was the excavator. Because then you were yes. going to do it yourself. Yeah, so, yeah. so it went from the games in August went from, okay, I, I just earned us, you know, money so that we could pay someone to pave our driveway. And then come December, he's like, nah, I'm not going to pay anybody to do it. I'm just going to get an excavator. So he goes and wins Dubai and he's like, now we can afford to buy an excavator and I'll do the work. So it's like, I mean, we did not build and pay anybody to do the driveway and we didn't end up buying the excavator, but it was, you know, that's what you talk about. He's not in the gym every day being like, if I want to buy an excavator, I've got to win this. But then it's also like, those are certain things that, hey, if we've got life plans and we know that we want to build this house and yeah. it's going to cost us whatever it's going to cost us, then mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it is exciting to achieve that 
get a, a, a big check at the end of the day and then be like, okay, cool. Now I, now okay. I can just go and do that rather mm-hmm. than, uh, well, how are we going to make it work? And I mean, all I, this stuff. I mean, I, I don't look at the income I have now as like, you know, Dubai is a perfect example. Like I just won a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's amazing. I don't see it as like, I have a hundred thousand now. Yeah. I look at it as I just earned myself $2,000 every year for the next 50 years. Yeah. So every contract doesn't like, I'm never looking at it as like, what can this buy me right now? Mm-hmm. Like I had, I had a fully funded retirement account before I moved out of my mom's basement. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm planning for when I'm like 60. You've been very smart from like, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like I spent, I remember like my first couple competitions, I would spend 10% of the paycheck on something for me. Mm-hmm. That was like a luxury. Mm-hmm. And like by luxury, it's like, I bought a belt or something, you know, like, or a good wallet, (laughs) you know? Um, But then every other dime went into savings Mm -hmm. and investing. And so I've literally, that's what I've done for like eight years now. Like, I can't think of anything that I've spent money on that's a depreciating asset other than my like Honda Accord, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I never look at like my income this year. It's very superficial because it's a very short lived career yeah and so i'm like well yeah i made this much money this year but what is that equivalent to if i worked this job over 60 years Mm -hmm. um so i think i think that's another big thing that comes up mind of like you know i'm i'm working for the future i'm putting money away i'm trying to save i'm trying to be financially responsible you know like when i was looking at buying a new car like i drove a 300 dollar oldsmobile it was Mm -hmm. an absolute bucket but it ran and i didn't (laughs) care what people what my image was Mm -hmm. to other people. I knew what my values were. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And so like, I'm looking at buying a car and it was, it was just after a big competition. So like my buddy that I asked, who's a mechanic, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, are there any lemons I should be worried about? You know, I'm looking at a Camry or an Accord Mm -hmm. and he's like, why are you not buying a Mercedes? (laughs) He's like, you just made like a couple hundred thousand. And I was like, I, I don't want that. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean anything to me. I'm saving for the future. Like, yeah. as soon as I buy this thing, the value is going to drop 10 grand. Like, what do I care what it is? <laughs> as long as it starts and goes vroom, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Not Honda Accord, man. She rips. Yeah. <laughs> Sport mode. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's super cool that you share that too, because there's so many people who I think would be in your position and wouldn't be thinking about that long-term goal. And you see people make that mistake over and over again. The amount of people that I see, like it's unreal. The amount of times, like, like I'll see a truck, you like a brand new, like F four fifty. You can spend a hundred thousand dollars on a factory F four fifty hundred grand. And like, you'll talk to someone that has it. And I'm like, I know how much money I would need to have or to be earning to justify spending it on something like that. And, and so like, I'll see a buddy that just picked up this like brand new Tahoe or whatever it is. I'm like, Holy man, you must be crushing (laughs) it at work. Like great job. (laughs) And I'm like, but then you find out they're like, Oh no, they can barely afford the monthly payments. Mm -hmm. You know, you see people with jewelry or shoe clothes. And it's like, they don't care if they have money or not. They want people to think they have money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it 
comes down to a lot of like, do you want to have that trait or do you want people to think you have that trait? So like, like I sit down with a pen and paper all the time and I think like, do I want to be successful or do I want people to think I'm successful? And all right, well, how do I go about those two different things? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like, do I want people to think I have money or do I actually want to have money? <laughs> very different. And, yeah, very different. <laughs> yeah, very different. And it's like, there's pros and cons to each one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, sit down with a pen and paper and it took up a couple nights worth of my time to like sit down and really evaluate what I wanted and mm-hmm. what my values were. And the end, end of the day was like, oh, I couldn't give a <laughs> I couldn't give you what people think. Yeah. And so, you know, it's... Joke's on you, buddy. But, I, <laughs> I, but there's simple things of like, I have a shaved head. Like once every two weeks, take number one clippers, mm-hmm. shave the head, shave the beard, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think I look much better with like a nice lined up haircut. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, all right, well, once every two weeks, I need to schedule an appointment and I travel way too much. My schedule's not consistent. You know, once every two weeks, now I'm dropping 40, 50, 60 bucks to get a haircut done up. And the biggest thing is, I can't see it. So what do I get? What do I care? Yeah, it's probably you know, like, cooler and like, it's like, you don't have to worry about it. it I, I can't wait for him to bring back his curly yeah, locks. I, I look at it, it's like equivalent to like putting rims on your car. It's like, you're literally spending money so other people can look at it and be like, wow, look at those. You can't see rims when you're in your own car. <laughs> Why do you point. care? You're like, yeah. oh, and on top of that, I pay someone to drive around my neighborhood and do laps so that I can watch my car go by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is just like sitting down and kind of evaluating what's important to you. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, wh- how do you want your image to be to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's just a lot of like, I want people to like me for me. Like, I don't want to be flashy and attract mm-hmm. a crowd that I don't want to be around. I don't want, yeah. I just like spending the money on things I like. And so I got a 96 pickup out there and mm-hmm. a Honda Accord. Couldn't be happier. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. It. And congrats on the house. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we're so excited. Like, when we bought this house, it was more of like a business move of just like, it was, it was cheap. It was turnkey, and it and it checked the boxes that we needed mm-hmm. of like having a garage that I could train in, and just like enough space for us to live mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh, th- this house in Vermont is like this is the forever home, <laughs> or the for a while home. Maybe not yeah. the forever, but like but the, this could is be the, the raising kids. This is the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah this is the like as the soon spot. as as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh. Today just got expensive. Yeah, gotta have it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it checked all the boxes. Beautiful location. It's like seven, sixteen, seventeen acres. Wow. Like you can't see neighbors, and it's like two miles from town. Um, yeah, That's so amazing. we are like jumping with joy on yeah. that one. Sight That's unseen. It. We sent a buddy to go check oh, yeah. it out. Yeah, I oh, never really? saw I it. Seen it yet? No way. I We're saw like- it, and I like, I saw the address. And I saw it like, like looked it up on Google. Like kind of like, I think I know where that is mm-hmm. and looked it up and I was like, oh my God, this is like dream location. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, you see, you can see all the pictures, but then like you're picking up on like who built it and you're seeing some of the unfinished parts in the basement. So you're like, man, this is nice construction mm-hmm. has like a 2000 square foot detached garage with a full like apartment upstairs wow. and 
And so I'm like, this is just checking all the boxes. Almost felt too good to be true. We're right. like, well, somebody's got to go see this. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I called my buddy who lives down the road. I'm like, hey, can you set up an appointment with a realtor? Go walk this yeah. thing and videotape everything. Yeah. And and <laughs> he, he works in the trade. So he has a very good eye for what's good and not good. Okay. Um, I mean, he, he walked through it and it was just like, yeah. Yep, it's like, legit. Yeah. Put in your offer. Yeah, you should buy this. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're counting down the days until we can... Uh, go up i mean a to even see our new house yeah. but then B, move in <laughs> yeah that's awesome so on your you said you're always talking about five ten year goals anything that you want to share that's on that list or where you guys see your lives in the next phase i mean i think the first is as parents mm-hmm. um i mean that's that's always been a topic of discussion for us of like we both want kids mm-hmm. And we both want to be very involved parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's most likely we're both going to be stay-at-home parents, like with That's the so kids cool. all day. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm very excited for that that phase mm-hmm. of um, yeah, just you know, your life's no longer about you. Mm-hmm. I I'm excited for my life to like be re- to revolve around raising these little ones yeah. um and and really trying to give them the opportunities that I had growing up you know like I had an amazing childhood every opportunity that that we wanted mm-hmm. you know my parents my parents busted their ass and sacrificed a a lot mm-hmm. to give my brother and I opportunities and you know it's the same that Sammy went through like the kids came first mm-hmm. um so I, I'm really excited for that I'm really Looking forward to that. Um, in terms of beyond that, I have no idea. You know, and I kind of look at it as the same as when I was in the thick of it with my weightlifting career. I had no idea what was next. You know, mm-hmm. I just assumed it was going to be a desk job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you had asked me ten years ago, well, where do you want to be in ten years? Like this wasn't it. Yeah, <laughs> this I didn't think this was an option. So I'm very excited to see what opportunities present themselves once, once I allow that door to open. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, right now it's like I get hit up all the time by friends or just people that, you know, they want to, you know, set up a trip or an opportunity. And it's, I have to say no, because you know, I'm training, I'm mm-hmm. competing, you know, traveling for sponsors. And so it's that door of opportunities just always been closed for the most part. Uh, so I'm very excited to, have the freedom to start exploring some of those things and just see where it leads. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Like it worst case scenario is I'm just a stay at home dad and like Sounds awful. It doesn't sound worst case either. <laughs> you know, like, 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 like a great scenario. Like worst case scenario is I'm a stay at home dad. I live in my dream home and I have some like little rugrats that I <laughs> like I dedicate my life to. Yeah. Best case scenario, who who knows? You yeah. know, I'm I'm very excited yeah. to see what the next phase is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Samesies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say it is very um, refreshing. Like once you're done, because you, like you say, it is a very like selfish time where everything you're doing has to revolve around this one goal and to finally be able to step back and be like, okay, like now I can just do what's best for like all these other people. It is very refreshing to be able to like do that. Yeah. I mean, like I've had, I've had little doses of it, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just, I love a hard day's work, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, what was it? The last two years after the games, we'll take, 
we we set aside two weeks to be up at my camp and mm-hmm. sit on the dock and be at the lake. Uh, I think the last two years we've made it like five days, five days or six days. And then I just get, I just go crazy. I'm like, well, the thing is we spend those five days, like, Oh, we can't wait until we can get, like get back and do this and do that. And like, now you've got the time, you know, because he's not training, he's taking some actual off time. And it's like, you almost feel like, well, I've missed out on the last eight months, nine months, whatever it was of catching up with friends or working on these small projects that now you finally have time and you talk about, Oh, I can't wait to go and do this. And it's like, well, we could just go and start now. So it just <laughs> always ends up like vacation gets cut short because yeah. then you want to get back to life and yeah. and actually participating in life rather than, you know, doing what you've got to do every day and, and the other stuff just kind of passing by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the last two years, it's like I'll do like five days off and then we get back to Vermont and I would be working on working on the barn mm-hmm. that was on, the, on the small farm that we <laughs> bought. And it's just like, I love like getting there first thing in the morning and knowing like this is all I have to do. I get to dedicate all my time mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about like, oh, I need to be at the gym for 11 and then I need to do like recovery. Mm-hmm. And then like before the pool closes, I should go swim some laps, you know? Yeah. No. Like if I eat today, that's a bonus. Like <laughs> I don't have to eat today, you know? You just yeah. It's just simple stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And, you know, finding that next passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'll stay in the CrossFit space in some facility, like for something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've built some great relationships. I have some some friends I'm sure I'll stay in contact with for a lifetime. Um, I have friends that have started businesses in the space. Um, so I'll, I know I'll stay in it in some capacity, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited to find the next thing. Yeah. Um, who knows what it is. Yeah. But. We'll find out. <laughs> Sammy, what is next for feeding the freezers? So I'm currently working on, um, a cookbook. I'm I, so excited. I, I am too. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a really, a really cool project, something that I'm learning a ton about, um, and it'll be out next year. So the rest of this year, it's like, you know, I, I did some work at the beginning of the year and kind of got it start. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a very big project. So yeah. I, I keep reminding myself, like, don't be paralyzed by the millions of things you have to do for it. Just do one, mm-hmm. just start, just start somewhere, just get one thing done, just research one thing or just, you know, and then all of a sudden when you start that, it's like, oh man, I look back at the day and it's like, I wrote 15 recipes today. You know, it was like, whoo, my goal was one. I smashed it, you know? Um, So yeah, it's uh, right now I have about 90% of it written, um, which is great. And I'm, I'm working very heavily on editing and then um, finalizing. I think I have like 10 recipes left to write. Like the idea is there, the list of ingredients is there, but I have to go through the steps. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it'll just be, Cooking and photographing. So yeah. learning a lot more about food photography and mm-hmm. just how to operate my camera and, you know, all of that stuff. It's <laughs> like, things. yeah, things learning I as I go. You're going to learn. Yeah. Um, so I'll be very excited to get that um, wrapped up and out in the world next year. But mm-hmm. that's, I mean, at this point I had to sit down 
when I left my job working with um, O'Keefe doing athlete management Mm -hmm. to do this full time, it was like, all of a sudden now I'm, I mean, I've always been somewhat self-employed and Mm -hmm. like I was working for O'Keefe and working for Loud and Live, but it was really, it was me. It was Mm -hmm. just whatever I sat down and said, this is my to-do list today was what I got done. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with this, it's like, where do I even start? You know, how do I create a a system for something that was just a hobby? This was just something that I did in, in whatever limited free time I had, or, you know, I made time for, and now all of a sudden this is my full time. And, you know, the pressure of, if this is not successful, then it's on me. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's successful, it's on me. You know, like it's all, it's on my shoulders. So I I want it to be as the best it can be. And, um, you know, things like I kind of joked about, like I have a Pinterest now mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I spent quarantine taking Pinterest webinars and like mm-hmm. learning a whole new system. And, you know, it's just, there's, there's always, there's always more you can be doing. Um, and so I had to actually sit down and focus on, okay, I could be doing 10 different things, but I can't guarantee that they're all going to be done well. And mm-hmm. so I, I really set three things and it was like this year, my goals are to, you know, work on the cookbook mm-hmm. to grow my Instagram and to like land the brand and my website. And mm-hmm. so working on building up a newsletter that's connected to the website, putting recipes on the website, creating small little products for the website, um, you know, continuing putting out content on Instagram and getting better at that too. Um, and then working on the cookbook. So it's like, you know, I'm trying not to do too much. I'm just trying to do a few things really well. Well, I think you're doing them really well. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks so much. The cookbook. <laughs> and dinner last night was amazing. Oh so. my gosh. So fun. And that's the other thing is like, it's so, it's so awesome. I think I've struggled so much through COVID because I'm used to, I love having people over. Mm-hmm. I love having people to cook for. And, you know, Matt is, it's his least favorite part of having, but it's like when I cook something, I want to know if it's good, if it's bad, why you might not like something. Because if I don't know, then I'm going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So like the other night, what did I make? It was like grilled peaches and ice cream. Oh, like a grilled peach dessert. Yeah. With ice cream on top. And it's like, when I, when I eat it, it's like, how is it? What do you think? (laughs) And it's like, if I just tell her like, oh, "Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. When it's not, it's like, it's going to keep happening. And so like, I always, uh, I always try to like lead with something positive of obviously of like, <laughs> Oh, you work so hard on this. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, for that, next like, time sandwich, right? and I always oh, have yeah. to preface it with like, Sammy, I hate doing this. Yeah. I hate telling you how to like yeah. correct something, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a necessity. Now we've learned we take the skin off of the peaches. Okay. Before we grill them because the peach gets super soft, but the skin gets a little chewy. Ah. So yeah. That's the secret. Now we learned. I would have never known. I <laughs> yeah. would have kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I, it's like, I love having people over like last night, you know, a little different when company comes over, like yeah. people are just going, Oh my God, it was amazing. Thank you so much. You know, yeah. like very, I highly doubt someone's going to be like, Hey, loved the potatoes, but just a tip for next time. Yeah, you know, yeah. you should really do it this way. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I just love the, like I said before, I love how food just brings you together and, um, it's something that is like just this, it's just this communal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think 
that's that's what the I think more immediate future looks like um, in terms of you know five ten years. Same same as Matt. It's like mm-hmm. I really don't know what the next chapter is other than you know the starting a family and and putting putting all of our time and energy and efforts into that and mm-hmm. into being you know the best parents we can be into raising and contributing to society with the people that we, you know, bring into the world. So that's amazing. Cool. Um, I know this is going super long, but I, do you have time for, I do like three questions. I ask everyone at the end. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, all right. So the three questions I ask everyone at the end of the podcast, the first one is the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Ooh. Three things on a regular basis. Um, I know one for me will be uh, like a regular good sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went years, like even into competing in CrossFit, where I didn't realize the value of a good night sleep, mm-hmm. and now it's like, do not mess with bedtime. Yeah. Like last night, like I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Last night was a very rare opportunity, but just how many people were in town. And it's like, all right, you know, we're far enough away from competition right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Truthfully, if we were any closer, we probably wouldn't have even hosted just because of like the energy and yeah, when you're entertaining and people are just in your house, like it's just, it's very draining. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that probably wouldn't have even happened. And then it gives you the, if you're out somewhere, you can then leave. Mm -hmm. Whereas last night I was like, hey, we're going to bed, but let yourselves out. I mean, that's just, just because we know you guys and that's fine for us, but yeah. So sleep is one. Sleep, probably sauna. Mm. Yeah, you love the sauna. Yeah, I love like a, hot mm-hmm. hot sauna um you know sports benefits or not like i really enjoy how i feel after the, like mm-hmm. have a sauna and then like a cold shower oh you feel like a million bucks mm-hmm. um i also started that part of the benefits of that was for sleep mm-hmm. of like you do like 20 or 30 minutes in a hot sauna like an hour before bed mm-hmm. and you just conk out. Yeah. Um, what, what about like mental health? Like what do you just yeah, do? What, like, um, yeah, I think, I mean, we, I heard a new phrase for it of inputs. Mm, yeah. Inputs. When, when we were down yeah. in Tampa, we got to work on those ta- talking to Alex Guerrero. Um, he was talking about like, no, we were talking like about finances and like luxuries and, you know, like basically like how you spend your money. And mm-hmm. I was basically like, I don't spend money on luxuries. Like basically like if it's a thing that's going to go down in value, I just can't, I have a very hard time spending money on it. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of phrased it in a way. He's like, nah, man, he's like, you can't look at it like that. You got to look at it as inputs. He's like, your job is very draining. Like it requires like a lot of time, a lot of effort. And like, you need to give yourself something to make it seem worthwhile. Like Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the point of just collecting money? Mm -hmm. Like if it's not raising the, like the quality quality of of your life, well then why are you doing it? 
I think the other thing is it's not just about things. It's like an input could be a trip. Or yeah, like a vacation be, or yeah. like, you know, any, anything like that. And and so I think I need to learn how to be better with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, taking time for yourself. And mm-hmm. I have a very hard time relaxing, mm-hmm. sitting still, not being productive towards anything. I mean, our two-week vacation gets cut down to yeah, five to days. Five days. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> I, it's still. because I can't sit and do nothing. I yeah. feel like I'm wasting my life and I'm like, my potential is for more than this. I need to go work on something. Mm-hmm. So I, I know like, I, I really enjoy having that quality, mm-hmm. but I know I need to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, that was three. Well, that maybe answers my next, my next question will be what's one thing you're working on or one thing that you. Oh, so I, I would say that's probably one thing I'm working on. I think the other thing that's really good for my mental health is in the last couple of years, I started reading. Mm. Like I, I was like, God, I couldn't tell you how old I was. I mean, probably 26. And I was like, the last book that I read was like in sixth grade. Wow. Like I've, I've read like textbooks, I've read like engineering, yeah. engineering, engineering textbooks yeah. and stuff like that. But actually sitting down and reading a book, I, I never understood it. I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it was just because at a young age, I was a very slow reader. And so it just, it was very difficult for me. So I just avoided it. Yeah. And now it's like, I always, always have one or two books on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, Any favorites? I mean, the one that kind of got me hooked and made me realize like, oh, I, I enjoy reading mm-hmm. was um, Outliers. Mm. I thought that book was just so phenomenal. Good old Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. yeah it's a good um, he does it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, I've, I've read a ton of books on kind of trying to learn how to invest and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it's just an area area that I'm interested in. So listening to someone that knows more about it than me, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that. That's cool. What about you, Sammy? Um, I've been trying to think while Matt's answering. It's really <laughs> hard. Um, so I would have to agree on sleep. Um, when I first met Matt, I was probably sleeping like four hours wow. a night because I was you were so working <laughs> three yeah. jobs. Um, and you know, it's just like, it's one of those things when you're doing it and that's just your reality. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, you, everybody knows that person that's like, Oh, I can survive on five hours sleep. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. You can survive, but you're not thriving. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Something's falling here. Yeah. Um, and so noticing how important it was to, to Matt's, you know, success. It's like, it's just also easier that when you're, sharing a bed with somebody it's like well it's just easier to go to bed at the same time because yeah. then I don't want to have to worry about waking you up and yeah. you know I've always been working multiple jobs so it was just kind of like well I have to go to bed like I can't even make it past you know yeah. nine o'clock or whatever so I think sleep is great and now that I am able to get more of it I recognize like the days that I don't mm-hmm. get you know seven hours sleep like seven is pretty much where I am Mm -hmm. um it's like man I'm just dragging for some reason then it's like oh well that's because you got five hours sleep last night because Mm -hmm. you were tossing and turning or just like late night watching tv and then Mm -hmm. you know for me in the morning when I when I'm when I wake up like I'm up there's no 
falling back asleep. It's like, oh, if I wake up at 545, I'm up at 545 that day. If yep. I can sleep until seven, then great. You got to like you did good, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sleep is definitely I think because it's so important in our house. It's like I've, I've now be- come to recognize how important it is. Um, I think for me, doing some sort of movement, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't train. I like to work out. Mm-hmm. And I've become, I think over the last two years, I had a hard time with with working out in just like the conventional going to the gym, taking a class, um, especially being down here. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a group of gals that I like, we all take the four o'clock class together. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of solo fitness and I think I struggled with that for the first couple of years that we were down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last fall, I, I had just, I had talked to Chris one day and just said, you know what? I think I, I want to run a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just needed, I needed a goal. Yeah. You know, I, I got to a point where it's like, what am I going to the gym for? I'm working out by myself and for what? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not training for anything. I have nothing to apply it to other than, yeah, don't we all want to look good and don't we all want to like be healthy? But it wasn't enough of a motivator to to get me to do, you know, burpee box jump overs yeah. in a 20 minute AMRAP. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> so I had kind of said that I just I just wanted something to work towards. And I loved, you know, I ran the half marathon by myself just in the neighborhood. Oh, Chris so you didn't even and, sign up for like an official. No, it wasn't like yeah. it, it just said on New Year's Day, I'm going to run my half marathon. And so created a loop around the neighborhood, uh-huh. did it three times. And Chris and Shaw ended up jumping in. And uh-huh. I mean, we weren't like next to each other, right? Yeah. We run at different paces. And Brooke Hewitt, um, she ran like eight miles of the 13 or what. It was just like, yeah, That's sure. If you're cool. going to do that, like I'll show yeah. up that day. And um, at the end of it, people are like, how do you feel? You know, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel great. I'm so glad I did it. But I loved the training. I loved the run itself. It was kind of, I mean, I crushed the time that I thought I was going to, and I was super yeah, you proud had a of it. Target for training. Yeah. But it was like, I just loved the fact that I knew four days a week I have, I'm doing these runs and it's, it's all contributing. Like the better I can do each and every day of this training, then the, the better that end result is going to feel. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember running that day and just being like, I, I worked hard for this. Like, this is exciting. Like I, mm-hmm. it all kind of, it, you know, I, I got a little time, yeah. taste of what it, it is to have a goal and, and kind of work towards something physical related. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's got, I've had other goals in life, but yeah. So that was, I think now it's like, I'm excited, you know, to get back to Vermont and all of our friends go mountain biking or everybody skis in the winter. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to be active. Um, right now, my goal is just to move. Mm-hmm. So I I have found, I think mainly through COVID, knowing that, you know what, a lot of other people are working out in their homes right now too. And I have pretty much an affiliate in my home. Mm-hmm. So I've got no excuse and it just felt a little easier. And now I'm in a much better flow with just solo training and working mm-hmm. out. And, and, I, and I have found a passion for it again, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to just be able to apply fitness to just, you know, Hey, I want to go for a 12 mile hike with some friends and not be phased by the distance or the, the difficulty of the hike or whatever it is. So I think now it's more, I recognize that the better I can prepare myself, you know, in the gym at home, um, the better I'll be when, when the time comes to 
to be active for mm-hmm. life and just go out and do some sports with friends. And um, so I think just moving. And then I think a big thing is just like taking time for yourself. So there are days where it's like whether it be, I mean, now my days look a little different um, in terms of my work schedule, but I still, when I get up in the morning, like work starts, like mm-hmm. I'm checking emails, I'm on my website checking, um, I'm writing newsletters, I'm, you know, working on the cookbook, whatever it is. It's like, it's whether it's 5.45 in the morning or 7 mm-hmm. in the morning, I pretty much just start my day. There's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm just going to watch TV for a couple hours. It's <laughs> like, nope, the day starts. Um, so I've realized that, you know, the day sometimes starts at 5.45 and then it's 8.30 at night. And I'm like, I haven't sat down all day. Like, yeah. I, I got to sit down. Um, so some of it is like, I've tried to be better at going for 15 minutes of just vitamin D outside, just taking a break from computers, screens, or just the laundry list of to-dos mm-hmm. um, that seem to just accumulate mm-hmm. and and just taking 15 minutes for myself to just get outside. I usually just go for a walk around the neighborhood and then it's like, okay, I got, I got a break. I, I, you know, I think a lot that is really important for me for just mental health because some days it's like, I don't think I left the house today yeah. and you know, so day flies by. Yeah. Love it. Anything that you are working on or things that you might want to try that you think would have an impact on your health? I mean, I think something that I have gotten better at that I have worked on through uh, mm-hmm. quarantine, like I said, I think it was helpful because I don't have a, like a sis, like a, a group here that mm-hmm. I meet up with. It was like, okay, it's, you know, everybody else is also experiencing having to work out by themselves. Um, I was popping into like working out with Matt and Tia and Shane every so often, mm-hmm. but I can't hang, you know, <laughs> like I totally cherry pick and I would hang out. I, I can, I can last for like 90 minutes in the gym. And then I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm just, <laughs> this is diminishing returns at this point. So, um, yeah, I think just trying to be better at, um, putting the time aside for myself and mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, you know, like, just get in the gym and do 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I like to work out in the mornings best. It's when I feel best. It's when I'm more motivated. By the end of the day, it's like, if the clock strikes five, I'm yeah. like, oh, the day is done. Yeah. I've missed my chance to work out. And so there are some days where I'm like, you know what, Sammy, just get in the gym and just do 20 minutes of something. And then oftentimes, once the clock has started, 20 minutes turns into 30. And then you look up and you're like, holy shit, an hour went by. Good for yeah. me. <laughs> I said I was only going to do 20. So I think just making it, you know, like it's just a daily habit. It's just something that you do. It's not, oh, I have to work out. It's like, no, I get to work out today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it just making it more of a, of a thing, regardless of, oh, I don't have anybody to work out. Like we mm-hmm. all have these excuses that we lean back on. So yeah. I think just getting rid of those excuses and it's been helpful just knowing, you know, like there are zoom classes and all of these things that are now this new, <laughs> this yeah. new age. <laughs> So many options. Yeah, so, so many, many options. options. Um, all right. Last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? What does a healthy life look like to mm-hmm. me? Mm. Oh, man. I think, I, I, I think it's going to change from person to person. Um, man, I, I think a good balance of you know actual f- 
physical health, um, good balance of like family, you know, your own time, hobbies, all work, you know, having a good balance there. But I think basically like, you know, you're in a good balance. Um, I always, I always strive to be as like happy as possible or, you know, like, and that doesn't mean like I'm happy right now because I'm happy, but I'm happy right now because I have a sense of pride of, I know I just worked my ass off so I can have a better tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So for me personally, I think it's going to be having a good balance of a physical activity. You know, once it's not my full-time job, finding that new, new Mm -hmm. how do I work out without being in the gym for six hours? You know, exactly. Like trying out this whole moderation thing. Um, But then also having a good, good balance of, you know, family life, work life, and feeling fulfilled in work and hobbies and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think it's going to take some time to oh, yeah. juggle and figure out. I'm going to make, it's a I'm process. sure I'm going to it's make some process. mistakes along the way, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to find, uh, find that balance. Cause yeah. right now, like there's no balance, yeah. no balance in my life. <laughs> and that's the phase of life you're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sammy? What does a healthy life look like to you? I think I'm living it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, I, and I agree with Matt, it's going to change. It's something that, you know, I think about a lot of like the, the next chapter that we get into it, it is a very selfless chapter. It is, it's something that I think a lot more about because, you know, the idea of starting a family and having kids is like, yeah, sure. Of course I want kids. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the reality of it and you're like, I am saying that I really want to have no personal space for the next 20 plus years. Like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, like just one thing that comes to mind amongst many others. And it's like, the reality is like, yeah, I need, some days are going to be easier than others. And Mm -hmm. some days are, but it's once again, like the juice is worth the squeeze type thing. And um, yeah. So, I mean, I look at right now, it's like, I am, I'm doing what I can to, to support, my family, which is Matt right now, I'm doing what I can to support, you know, my business and passions and careers. I'm doing what I can to support my, my health and my physical goals. And, and that's something that, you know, I am trying to find balance in all of that. And some Mm -hmm. days are perfectly balanced and some days are like, damn it, I missed, you know, like I didn't, I didn't fill that bucket completely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, but I think in general, it's like, it's just the season of life, right? Like it yep. changes as, as things go. So if you can find the things, it's like, you know, I know that I need to be better at um, dedicating a little bit more time for myself. Okay, so great. I've set, like, I'm going to get 15 minutes of sunshine to walk around the block. And, and that's that's what I'm going to say is like my time. So that whatever the laundry list of things that are doing, I'm going to get get them done. I'm going to go for my walk and then like, you know, take my time. And so it's, I, I think that if you can bring in some of those things into the next season of life, then it's not going to feel so it's like, no, I've got the system. We're just going to add one more thing to it, but I, I've already got the the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you guys. This has been epic. I'm, so great. <laughs> I'm sorry that it went so long, but I, I could keep asking you questions. Hey, that's forever, us. So. We're the chatty Cathy's over here, right? <laughs> um, real quick before we go, where can people find you and follow beating the Fraser's? 
things you're doing, Matt? Yeah. So feeding the Frasers, that's, uh, it's feeding the Frasers on Instagram. I have a website at, uh, Um, sign up for the newsletter. And then my personal Instagram is Sammy Monas. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the one I'm most active on is, uh, Instagram mm-hmm. at Matthew Fraz, Matthew with one T and yeah. Yeah. Cool. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank yeah, you. Thank this you. Was great. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. As always, I like to recap my biggest takeaways after the conversation, and there was a lot to dissect here. My first takeaway, though, was about identifying with the effort and not the outcome. Matt talks about how he is very careful not to wrap his identity up in his results but rather in the effort that he puts in that allows him to achieve those results. I think a lot of high-level athletes struggle when their careers are over because they've defined themselves as an athlete with this particular title for so long. And when it's over, they have a hard time moving on to what's next. Although Matt is arguably the most dominant male athlete in the CrossFit Games to date, because he has not made this his identity, it doesn't seem like he's going to have much trouble saying goodbye to the sport when he feels his time is done and applying his hard work mentality to whatever his next endeavor may be. My second takeaway was about how we can turn our vulnerabilities into our greatest strengths. Matt talks about how he has come to see his history of alcohol addiction as a gift. After getting sober and applying his all-in approach to other more productive endeavors, whether they were school, Olympic weightlifting, or CrossFit, He's come to realize that the very traits that allowed him to become addicted to alcohol have also allowed him to achieve success elsewhere. My third takeaway was about not getting caught up in what others think. It was very clear to me from our conversation that Matt and Sammy are incredibly happy in their lives, and they've learned to block out the negative from others and social media and stay grounded in who they are, their values, and their goals. I also loved how Matt talked about this with respect to spending money. He's obviously very smart and forward thinking. And he doesn't let the lure of appearing a certain way by others distract him from his own goals. So I hope you had some great takeaways from this conversation as well. 